Uh, I think, Liam, you're a little bit quiet, at least to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, let me eat the mic a little bit here. Oh, fuck! There you go. Ah, well, <laughs> we killed Liam. Not He's supposed dead. to actually eat it. Ah, oh, oh, it's... It's so tasty. <laughs> oh man, can we do a whole one where Liam, Liam, you're already a sexy MF. Can you do one like that, please? You make me pointy for uh, two hours. You make me, you make me pointy. You like that? Uh, I like yes. it a lot. Yeah, I stole pointy. I, I, it's actually one of my greatest shames. I stole the pointy joke from a, a friend of mine named David Powers. Shout out to David Powers. Yeah, an uncredited contributor. Yeah, I, I steal a lot of phrases. There's some real gross ones I have, like a, a euphemism for sex being touching tutors. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I give heard people that phrases, times. but all of mine are just things like things of this nature. I, I, yeah, I... I, uh, I think I invented have a nice time. Unless you did. did. Yeah. International Best Friends Day? Inter I, International Friends Day, yes. Yeah, yeah. I try and do my very best to use uh, "suck the shit out of my ass," um, which is a, a Liam. As I enjoy that so much, and it sounds so strange. I have to say it in a very strong Scottish accent for it to be convincing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's that's magnificent. Uh, all right, you wanna you wanna do this? I yeah. Have let's, let's do a podcast. Let's podcast. Um, let's pod. Hello and welcome to Well, there's your problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. I'm. Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. All right, go. I am. <laughs> I'm the assemblage Jesus of, of COVID modules <laughs> currently piloting the body of Alice Caldwell <laughs> Kelly. I guess that makes my pronouns they and them. Yay, Liam. Yay, Liam. Hi, I'm Liam Anderson. I'm the person talking right now. Uh, I was joking. Don't actually fucking they them me. No, don't. Uh, unless you're mad at her. She, uh, yeah, boy, unless you're mad at me, yeah. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, we have a guest. We have a guest. Oh, he was just about to take a sip of water too. <laughs> <laughs> Re returning champion. Uh, doing a great yeah. job of introducing myself onto this podcast. What, what a lovely time! Come, I've come back to spend some time with my dear friends uh, in the WTYP team. Uh, yeah, it's Gareth Dennis. Hi, hi, I'm here. What are your pronouns? Oh yeah, my pronouns are he him. Thanks, Liam. Uh, I oh, suck. Okay. My pronouns okay. are he him. We, we, we trip everybody up with the pronouns, including, I guess, myself just now. Yeah, yeah we're all confused. Because uh, um, of well, the woke. It's because there's also some genuine time pressure, which, which as yeah. a podcast, we, we're not very good at, at uh, yeah. uh, like, as, as collective podcasters, as someone who has a long-form podcast, uh, I'm not very good at it. And I think, you know, the, the, the hogs know that you're not very good at it as well. Uh, yes. better. So I don't come on to Railnatter and criticize your time management skills. <laughs> oh, our time management skills are in the toilet, Alice. They always have been. Alice, okay, you came on true. and did an episode on time management. So that's I'm... true. Yeah, that's a good do point. You, yeah. Do you remember when we recorded was it uh, Bhopal and then University back to back? Do you remember a mere moment ago where we said we had a time pressure and then we each <laughs> launched a tangent independently? It's okay. Yes. I got, I got like two and right a half now. hours. I can make it work. We have 63 slides, Liam. I yeah. fucking hate this game. So, <laughs> Literally unplayable. What you see on the screen in front of you is a massive impediment to shipping. Ah. <laughs> no, I've, I've always wanted to yeah. impede that as a longtime member of yeah. the Houthi rebels. I, I was Yemen. about to say, this is, this is not Houthis, but it does start with H. It's a hyperloop. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, H is for hyperloop and Elon Musk's turd alphabet. <laughs> also known as Swiss Metro, we'll get there. Yeah, owing to the recent demise of Hyperloop One, 
we think it's finally to come out and talk about the Hyperloop on a podcast. Now, ideally, we would have done an episode on Hyperloop earlier so we could all say we told you so, but we didn't do that. But rest assured, we've all been thinking it for at least a decade now. <laughs> I think we've had it in news segments before. If Don't anyone you, wants you to like, did go it. back. You had a Hyperloop. Did you have a Hyperloop video on Do Not Eat? No, it was a regular loop. loop. Yeah, it was a regular loop. Just plain loop. Um, I We've done it on TF a bunch of times. So definitely like in the sort of broader universe, we're very, very like anti-Hyperloop. Yep, I yes. could, yeah, I, could, I, could, I, I, I tweeted about it angrily in 2017. So that's my, that's my like checkpoint on when Searching I was uh, mad about it. From Alice Avazandam, Hyperloop. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk finally builds the Hyperloop, traveling so fast beneath California, every passenger arrives dead exactly according to plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 13th of February 2017. Nice, nice. Yeah, I would say I, I, I first got mad at it the first time I saw the white paper. Um, 2013, you know, golly. Bra, Braz, Braz was a Hyperloop-hating hipster before it was cool. Oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I started hating early. Mm-hmm. I, you were born a hater. And my hate has only grown more pure. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud of you. There's one here that says, I just wanted to make a joke about Peter Thiel before he steals all my blood to power the Hyperloop. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how good at tweeting you are, Alice. I thought, oh, I thought the, new, the new Hyperloop that they're proposing in Canada runs on plasma, not blood. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we talk about the late uh, Hyperloop, uh, we have to do the goddamn news. <laughs> uh, folks, it's real. It's real and it's weak and it's our it, enemy. Yeah, this thing will get outclassed by a Subaru Outback. <laughs> the, um, it has come to light that the new all stainless steel Cybertruck needs to be frequently cleaned from any kind of corrosive substance or it may damage the uh, exterior through corrosion. Uh, From Alice Avazandam's (laughs) Cybertruck. Actually, nothing. I I haven't got any good cyberpunk tweets, which is weird, given that it's the the slowest moving, largest, most polygonal target. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's like like an F1 17 and you're a Serbian baker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always identified very deeply with like Serbian service to MSL crews. Yeah. First the Houthis, now them. I, so, a- according to the user's manual of the Cybertruck to prevent damage to the exterior, immediately remove corrosive substances such as grease, oil, bird droppings, tree resin, dead insects, tar spots, road salt, industrial fallout, etc. Do not wait until Cybertruck is due for a complete wash. If necessary, use genetics, blah, 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 blah. I this hate thing the like, is... tech manual convention yeah. of referring to it by name, no pronoun. Uh, yeah. as, like, do not charge iPhone unless thing. Do not char- do not wash Cybertruck unless whatever. Um, but yeah, we've all seen the videos of this thing like in the flesh with all of the panels out of alignment, getting its <laughs> wheels stuck spinning in like a sort of five degree slope. What was yeah. the coach? What was the coach that, that that was in the crash in the first episode we did together that had like not stainless steel, but it, it like the, uh, rusted the, hardly. The, and... the Osgood Bradley coaches. Is this the Osgood Bradley coach of the, well, the, the road world? Here's the thing. A lot of people have been commenting that the reason this is happening is because it doesn't have a clear coat. 
But I believe this particular grade of stainless steel will corrode if you clear coat it just from the clear coat. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so that, that's also not an option. These have... things don't. <laughs> these things don't react well to sort of belt and suspenders approach to corrosion prevention. Something um, here don't react well to clear coat. I was trying to do Sean Connery there, but I have too much of a cold. Um, yeah, so the other thing that strikes me is that, like, they've got the experience of owning a 1970s Italian sports car where it rains once and you wake up and the suspension is a pile of rust lying under <laughs> yeah. the car, but without ah. being fun to drive, and it's the whole body of the car. Long yeah. live glorious Alfa Romeo. <laughs> mm. So a lot of stuff really confuses me about this because stainless steel is, you know, a very resilient material. I mean, that's what they build all the the train cars out of here in the United States because it works really good. And here it's just falling apart instantly. Now, I know that Tesla developed their own special kind of stainless steel they call 30X. Well, there's your um, there's your problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elon yeah, Musk has been involved in the design process. <laughs> I have no idea how or what they did to it. I mean, presumably what they've done to prevent... So there's something stainless likes to do called oil canning, right? Where it, it warps a little bit when it's pressed flat, which doesn't look very good. And I guess what they've done to prevent that is sacrifice all the natural corrosion-resistant properties <laughs> of stainless steel. Ah, um, <laughs> metallurgy, you know, it's a series of trade-offs, and somehow yeah. they've made every single one of those wrong. Well, the thing is, I, uh, I, I believe... It is an 18 and 8 stainless steel, you know, 18% chromium, 8% nickel. Maybe it's the other way around, I forget, which is usually pretty resilient. But I, I don't know how they fucked it up this badly. Um, I mean, fucking title his biography that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I found out something so, about Elon Musk, by the way. Um, you know, he tried on for a while, and I'm not making fun of anyone for trying on new names, because, yeah. But, you know, he tried pronouncing his name Elon for a bit. This video of him called, like introducing himself as Elon Musk at a conference, and no one, no one buys it. You know, he had to go back <laughs> to Elon by sort of popular demand. Sure, uh, a little bit sad. Well, you know, he tried. Yeah, um, which is cool more name. more than can be said about what he did with the Hyperloop. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, so these 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 cyber trucks are all pavement princesses. It's 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 really incredible what. Southern California brain does to you in car design. Yeah, I mean, this is um, the thing. Like, you, you can buy the sort of child killing Ford pickup with the sort of massive flat front, and it will at least like drive off road. Yeah. Like, as it I understand it, that. They're, they're, they're quite good at that. The, okay, the, you know, the, the truck bed is still the same size as an old Toyota Tacoma, but like, it, you can still put stuff in it and the panels meet. Um, so, you know. You could just buy one of those, or you could buy this and sort of have everyone realize that you're a dipshit as the car melts holes in right. it in the rain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna drive this to onto like the grass parking lot at the Maryland Renaissance Fair, and by the time you're back, your car will be in pieces, like the Blues Brothers car. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland Maryland Renaissance Fair, an acute observation of where I'm likely to see one of these parked. I think 2024, yeah. and Elon Musk has invented all British automotive output from the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, all I need to know is that the Cybertruck is more aerodynamic in reverse, which, to be honest, it looks like it might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in other news... Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Boeing, yeah. Boeing is <laughs> fucking up. 
because of DEI initiatives causing parts to fall off planes. Yeah, this is (laughs) we've we've gone far enough with creating shareholder value. Just nationalize Boeing. Mm -hmm. Do the unspeakable to all the all the executives so on and so forth. Shovel their corpses out into the into the the Puget Sound or whatever the fuck. To be clear. We don't actually believe that this is the fault of woke, right? What's happening yeah. is Boeing is fucking up, and there has been this like confluence of minor accidents uh, and sort of incidents and stuff, and one big, not so minor incident of the fucking door coming off one of the planes. Um, but all of the worst chuds in the world are trying to push the idea that the reason this is happening is because Boeing is doing DEI, uh, diversity, equality, and inclusion, like corporate woke, um, and because of that. And they're, you know, it's it's abstracted on a number of levels how far away they want to obscure their sort of conspiracist idea that the airlines are hiring black people for the first time in history, apparently, and that's making the wings fall off the plane. But that's basically what they're saying. It is right. nonsense, uh, and anyone who tells you it is trying to sell you on becoming a Nazi. But um, it do- it is true that the wings are falling off the planes. It's just not because of what. What's no. What's funny is that air, is that all this Boeing stuff is happening at the same time that uh, that Airbus was like had fire rage through it and everyone got off it safely. Mm. So air, Airbus is kind of rubbing its hands together at this point as Boeing seems to be taking a shit on itself. European yeah. excellence burger plane washed. <laughs> well, the, the two recent incidents here are um, at the uh, at at Atlanta um, a. <laughs> Delta 757 had a nose wheel fall off when it was taking off. Hey, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's not especially saves, good. Saves weight, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I forget what the other one was, but there oh, was a the plane other one, that was The other missing one was a, a Virgin Atlantic plane that was going to fly transatlantic. Uh, and as it was on the runway, passenger looks out the window, sees that there's a bunch of bolts missing in one of the like wing uh, things, and tells the stewardess who is like, Okay, well, uh, we cannot fly the plane now, I guess, because it's got like fifty bolts missing. Because of woke yeah. is why. Wait, wasn't there another? What was the door with? What, also, a door fell, like blew yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did this. We did this um, last oh, episode yeah, yeah, with yeah, the Alaska plane that the door blew off. Uh, basically, what this amounts to is Boeing is doing stuff on the cheap, and also airlines are not as good at maintenance as they should be. I was about to say, you know, zero fatalities in however many years now, but that's not for lack of trying. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Everyone who uh, you talk to who works with, uh, you know, passenger aviation sort of understands that the unblemished safety record is by virtue of, like, a lot of really good engineering applied in some of the dumbest ways possible. Um, And, yeah, I mean, some of it does just run down to dumb luck as well. I, I, I'm 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 counting on these numbers getting worse because certainly in Europe, um, uh, aviation and railways are on level pegging in terms of passenger safety. Mm. So we need a, we need a few biggies. Uh, you know, we need we need we need, uh, we need Boeing to, <laughs> well, to keep us in work and to keep to, you to, in work as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, yeah, they're pretty much exactly level pegging <laughs> in terms of fatalities for per billion kilometers or whatever. So uh, come mm. on, Boeing, yeah, that's give me a solid. 
Uh, you gotta uh, just for clarity. I, I'm not calling for a plane crash. <laughs> uh, legally, you cannot. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Gareth wants two 747s to wreck into each other again. <laughs> I mean, if you're flying a 747 at this point, you kind of deserve what you get. But um, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, uh, there's there's been um, like some of the the operators are putting a little like. Is this flown by a, a Boeing check field on flights you can search Ooh, for in case you ouch. want to like veto it? Wow. In case you only want to fly Airbus, the correct passenger. Actually, no, <laughs> I, I'm not going to take a stance that hard on behalf of Airbus. The true proletarian uh, uh, passenger air vehicle is an Embraer because, uh, because of Lula and the Lulags, you know? Yes. <laughs> do, you not, do you not ask anything about what the Embraer family does? Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, a, maybe an illusion or something, you know? <laughs> short. Everyone should be flying short. That's, uh, um, that's, yep. Yeah, flying boats. Yeah, that's it. Maybe, maybe a nice de Havilland otter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Why did I just assume that there was an Embraer family? Why did I assume that there was like a, a name? Surely there's a dynasty. There's got to be an Embraer dynasty. That sounds. No, that, no, it no, sounds no. like it's, a it's, dynastic name. Sure, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's Empresa Brasileira de Aeronautica. Uh, it's the Brazilian Aeronautics Corporation. Damn. Oh well, it was it was nationalized originally. Which again, Lula, do it again. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was goddamn news. <laughs> Sorry, right. this thing makes me laugh oh, whenever I God. see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will not live in the pods. I will not. Eat I was trying bark. to. I was. I was trying to do something with this image where they, the transport tycoon bankruptcy message would pop up down here. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I left the game running for an hour with a deficit, and it never came up. Oh, so dude. I couldn't take a screenshot. Yeah, um, I mean, anyway, bankruptcy and transport isn't real is the lesson that transport <laughs> yeah, fever teaches yeah. you. you know, the worst part was after that hour, uh, the company started making money. I'm very bad at losing money in that game. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing about transport, you know? It's, it's teaching yeah. you a realistic lesson, which is it doesn't matter how big a loss you post. So yeah, MTA, the, stop paying your bills. Yeah. <laughs> stop paying your bills, stop charging fares, everybody be like Albuquerque. The biggest Hyperloop company Hyperloop One has gone bankrupt and had its assets sold off to creditors. Oh no! What does this we, we mean? We could have we could have gotten some Hyperloop shit. Like when they had the Twitter auction, people bought the Twitter like swag too quickly for us to get a big like wooden bird thing out of their office. But like we could have gotten some Hyperloop shit, some yeah. pens or something. You know. I put the whole pod in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this pod up on cinder blocks in front of a Philly row house. Oh, that'd be really funny. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, the best way to get us to where we are with the Hyperloop being not completely dead, but mostly dead, is first we have to do history. We have when you to say ask. first we have to do and then a pause. Yeah. It primes me. Yeah. Sort of, right, you I was, fucking I was ready, clicker right. trained me to hit the news drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we must ask, what is a hyperloop? Uh a fraud. Well, it's, it's like a it's like a loop, but more so, you know? Yeah. Hyper. Mm. It's just my clef. Yeah. So, well, sort of. <laughs> first we have to talk about God using air to move trains. Oh, it's become full circle now. Yes. Yeah. It's we're, we're finally we've run out of ideas. We're back to the clip show format, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Everybody like true. sit back, that's... tune out for an hour or so. Um, remember <laughs> these your favorite bangers. Everyone. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll never stop. Well, there's your problem podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we got no, we, we, we'll like this. We'll yeah. be doing this into our yeah. ACs, you know. Until the wheels yeah. come off. Uh. Okay. I'm just gonna talk briefly about atmospheric railways. Since there's been trains, there's been proposals to power them by means other than steam, one of which is messing with air pressure. Yeah, the big suck. Right. Yeah, exactly. The big suck or the big blow. Mm. That's yeah. It. Sorry. You know, uh, the first attempt in 1834, the Dalky Atmospheric Railway, that's a piston in a tube. 1835, the Paris St. Germain Railway, that's another piston in a tube. You have a tube, differential air pressure, there's a piston in it, there's a slot at the top, train goes, right? Yeah, listen uh, to the fucking Atmospheric Railway episode. You can learn a lot about rat viscera. Yeah, and, and um, terrified Irishmen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There are several people who have done animations of that specific episode because it's one of our best. Um, this uh, date, remaining optimistic. I think we can hit higher heights. Yes. So um, another. So this was done either because they needed to climb slopes, they needed more speed, so on and so forth. Um, but they didn't work that well, and steam technology is sort of advanced beyond that right yeah and it's, it's, it's worth very briefly saying this this does this there wasn't so much craziness the the idea was taking the power source out of the train which is what we've done with electric trains right with overhead electrification yes. so the logic here was sort of sound because they didn't have good electricity at this point um but uh but yeah it, it ended up with uh rat viscera and uh it wasn't very good yes um another example is alfred eli beach's beach pneumatic transit system in New York City. This was in 1870. It was a new idea. A cute bug one on the right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of having a piston in a tube, the whole train is the piston. Oh, right? He ran a oh. test track that went 300 feet from Broadway and Warren Street to just past Broadway and Warren Street in Manhattan. <laughs> okay. and, right? and that thin wooden door is the plank between you and eternity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was intended to go five more miles to Central Park. It would be faster than a streetcar and cleaner than one of the steam elevated trains. But the project was killed by the Panic of 1873 because of how the gold standard works, which is to say it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these, these systems all try to solve various problems like steep grades, low speeds, uncleanliness, so on and so forth, with the power of air. None of them stood the test of time because steam technology improved. And then electricity took over, as Garrett said. Yeah, and, and, and we have now a solved technology in the form of overhead line electrification that goes to a nuclear power plant that just yes. does... No, we've got to put train. batteries on it. Battery trains are the future. Uh, what about what some wires? In the, in the same way that firearms are a solved technology, trains are a solved technology. It's fine. Yes, We've solved it, folks. It's done. Yeah. Just it's, build it. Until you invent people... like some kind of frictionless material or maglev, unless you make maglev like really practical or whatever, maybe it's fine. There's a a we'll lot of there. people out there who hear things like 120 year old technology and they think that they just it just means that it's that old as opposed to there's 120 years of development. Oh, how many wars <laughs> did the Colt 45 win? You know, maybe I should try and sell it this way in a slightly more masculine sense and say that the overhead line electrification is the Colt 1911 of trains. Yeah. <laughs> There's 120 years of development on that. 125 yeah. years of perfection. It's got you can't get power. that from a new technology. <laughs> yeah. 
So, <laughs> incidentally, the, the, the plug pneumatic tube train is an affront to God. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it goes against everything in my principles as, as a railway engineer. Designing the train to essentially contact everything around it makes me unhappy. Yeah, it sounds like there'd be a lot of friction, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So lube up that train. By like the late 1800s, early 1900s, it seems like railroads had topped out at about 100 miles an hour, which is faster than anyone could conceivably need to go anyway. I kind of but still some believe people... this. You know, if, 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 <laughs> speak if it, for yourself, you know, goddammit. <laughs> I'm not like a big speed person. If my if my journey takes more than you know, it takes a long time at 100 miles an hour constantly, then fine. It takes a long time. It's a long distance. Uh, some people dare to dream bigger. There was this article in Scientific American in 1909 by none other than rocketry pioneer Robert H. Goddard called The Limit of Rapid Transit. And so Goddard proposes a new use for air pressure. Instead of having it push the train, the train is propelled by other means inside an evacuated tube, a vacuum tube. This sounds familiar. Yeah, can't have air resistance if you don't have air. But Elon Musk invented it. And Elon Musk wasn't born in the 1950s. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. <laughs> so these vacuum tube trains, uh, this is an idea he plays with throughout his entire life. He, he only gets posthumously awarded a patent in 1950, despite coming up with it 40 years earlier. The idea, you know, it's simple. There's no air resistance in this evacuated tube. The train can go any arbitrary speed, limited only by the right-of-way geometry and bearings if, you know, the thing uses wheels, which a lot of early proposals Some do. foreshadowing in there, listeners. Yeah. Limited by geometry. Geometry. Yeah. Keep that in, write that in your the, copy the, books. The geometry being dictated by geography, which is exists, unfortunately. You know, yes. there's, so, there's soils and loams and mountains and yeah, stuff the, in the, in the, the way the, between where you and what you want to go, you know? The guys from Alt.Pave the Earth haven't won yet. Um, <laughs> we haven't made a kind of like perfect Indianapolis parking lot per- landscape. Yeah. Perfect um. asphalt sphere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I still think that we need a hard cap of 100 miles an hour in all forms of transit. Yeah. If I can't get there in an Antonov AN2, then why do I need to be flying? <laughs> then Antonov, I ain't going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck Embraer. You know, this is the real shit. I'm flying the crop duster. Yeah. So it can't stall. It has no stall speed. Sorry. The, uh, you know, there's incredible speeds here possible. You know, 1,000 miles an hour, 2,000 miles an hour, 10,000 miles an hour. Sort of depends on that. the route, how much it's, you can accelerate. Much even for me. Maybe, maybe you're doing it Los Angeles to New York City in under an hour. Maybe you're doing like New York to Paris in 40 minutes. It's this exciting concept, but it's hard to implement practically given limitations in, you know, vacuum pump technology, perfect seal the whole length of the tube. It, no one's Availability built of one. steel. Yes. Mm. No, no one's <laughs> built one for reasons. Um, so, you, you know, we have a um, pipe dream. Uh, Did a little sort of like shadow boxing thing there. Yeah. <laughs> we have. Two technologies that take over for high-speed transportation, one of which is air travel. Boo. Boo. This isn't an Antonov AN2. Very, to be fair, it's it's pretty fetching. Uh, I love it when their jet engines are tiny. Mm. Yeah, this is is a Boeing 707. This is back when when parts didn't fall. Well, they did still fall off, but it was acceptable back then. Yeah, this was significantly deadlier to fly on. (laughs) 
Like, just to retain some sense of perspective, this is way more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks cooler, though, so it's impossible to say if it was good or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the Comet Defeater we've got on screen here to uh, spin back to your previous episode on the Comet. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. All right. All right. Good looking at Air travel gets cheaper, it gets more tolerable, the planes go faster, they don't have to refuel as much. Um. So these really, really fast vacuum tube trains, that's more of a niche idea now because 500 miles an hour is fine, mm. right? Um, and then the other thing is, of course, while researchers in the United States are figuring out the next generation of incredibly high-speed trains, the rest of the world actually builds high-speed trains. This, this is the real shit, my beautiful, <laughs> beloved TGBs. Yeah. For the benefit of listeners, I just uh, in an in a entirely audio-only format just um, air pumped and whittled my fingers around uh, silently, <laughs> uh, just for everyone's benefit. Yeah. When the picture of the trains appeared, um, yes, I, you, you show me these early TGVs, I become a Gaulist. It's yeah. embarrassing. I become oh. like a, a weeb for France, a weeb, but it's O U I B. I'm like some of the footage they took of those just ah. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's worth it's worth very briefly worth um, worth interjecting uh, that what's fun about this this is their circles back to your APT episode we're circling back to lots of episodes I'm feeling melancholic I've not seen all of you chat to you for ages so I'm just thinking I'm just reminiscing on past times mm. um, uh, yeah the, so uh, APT uh, the development of the APT involved um, fixing the problem that maglev was intended to solve we'll talk about that in a minute I'm sure um, which was to deal with once you, once trains reach a certain speed they did this thing where um, the wheels that hunt, they do this thing called hunting. They do that anyway, all trains do that. But at certain speeds, um, uh, with kind of the technology of the time in the middle of the last century, they, they would kind of do that to the point where it would be, they'd vibrate vigorously and use a lot of energy to go yeah, faster. It's, it's, it's that um, uh, BBC report where the guy's on the APT and he's saying over the kind of like audible rattle of everything around him, it's smooth, quiet, <laughs> and an altogether <laughs> no, delightful it, experience. But it was, well, that, that that's because he was drunk. The, 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 they <laughs> it for the APT, so a chap called Alan Wickens, Professor Alan Wickens, who's the guy who came up with, who kind of headed the APT project. Um, APT was a failure, but he, crea- he developed a thing called um, your dampers or kind of modern your dampers which solved the hunting problem for high speeds and it was that work that enabled everything after the shinkansen so the first shinkansen didn't employ it and that's kind of why they were limited to 125 130 miles an hour but everything after that used wickens's your dampers so apt might not have worked but the work of the apt researchers gave the rest of the world um conventional steel on steel high speed rail so the tgv used the french tgv used the your dampers developed by the the weird white coat boffins um, in derby weird sort of surge of british patriotism to know that something named as britishly as wickens is your dampers is, I, I know is right these, you know <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's um uh, it, it's always interesting you look back at like all this advanced uh, rail technology like half of it comes from british rail because they had a well, they had this well-funded engi- uh, yes. research department. Yeah, we are research division. They got money. They they had time to invent UFOs, and as a result of the time <laughs> inventing UFOs, uh, seriously, look up the patents, folks. In the time, in time to do that, they also invented a load of really useful shit that we are still using now to this day across the whole uh, global railway. It's quite marvelous. Uh, bring back British Rail. Yeah, bring back British Rail and their own, you know, their their skunk works, their Area Fifty One or whatever they had. Yeah, yeah. in Derby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So the rest of the world's building high speed rail. You got the Takedo Shinkansen. That's uh, nineteen sixty four regular service at one hundred and thirty miles an hour between Tokyo and Osaka. The Italians are building the Doretissima 
oh, right? That's also from beautiful train. Very oh, yeah. beautiful. It goes from Rome to Florence. Um, this is a more modern high-speed train here, but the the Duratissima was one of the very first high-speed rails uh, in Europe, right? Um, that's 1977. I the think French... Pol- the Polish possibly got there first in the official definitions of high-speed rail as well. So shout out to the Polish out there. Yeah. Rollers, you're in. I, well I done. I didn't know that. Where Where yeah. is that? That, that Google it. I can't I, because I'm dumb as shit. I can't remember the exact name of the line. But um, I, when I did my first high speed rail in Europe episode about um, the, the Selby diversion, um, apparently I was like the French and the Italians got there first. But actually, no. Apparently, the Polish got there as well. So um, shout shout to, to to the Poles and your high speed rail. I'm always yeah. shouting out the Poles. A lot of these <laughs> early <laughs> ones in Europe. A lot of the early ones are really modernization of uh, yeah, yeah, existing yeah, yeah. routes. They weren't dedicated high speed until you get to the uh, LGV Sud Est. In um in, in France that goes from mm. uh, uh Paris to Lyon that's 1983 right trains are getting faster much much faster they're getting competitive Dude. with the airlines God they look good I I have yeah. to agree with Alice these are some of the best looking trains ever the original yeah, yeah. TGV are oh my God I mean they set well, the speed record for a train with a like specially lightened one of these like yeah, yeah. And speed that they, what is it like. F- Four seven. Well, I have to remind myself. Four hundred and seventy-four kilometers an hour, or was it maybe more than? Absolutely ludicrous speeds. Okay, okay, not not the point. The, the slightly newer ones, as as Alice says, but like so fast, and it's on French, beautiful French technology. Yeah, I, I have is a particular the- favorite, by the way, which is the TGV La Poste, because I love a fast oh, yes. postal train. Oh, I yeah. love a I love a too fast postal train, and it it doesn't exist anymore because there's no niche for it because. For some reason, in a time where everyone's ordering shit from Amazon constantly, we can't imagine needing to ship stuff really quickly. Um, but yeah, oh. no, it's just like we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, Holy shit! <laughs> not four seventy-four kilometers an hour, five hundred and seventy-four kilometers an hour. Jesus That's three hundred and sixty miles, three hundred and sixty yeah. miles an hour that the steel on steel LJV Est LJV Est uh, has managed with a. With a, a kind of a slightly modded, uh, souped-up uh, TGV. Yeah, they've been in sort of an un, uh, like a, like a un, un, uh, unofficial competition with the uh, the Japanese superconducting maglev. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. do you know what's funny is that the um, do you know how fast the Yamanashi test track, the maglev, which again we'll get there, folks. Sorry, uh, the L not series has reached three hundred and seventy-five miles an hour, and the steel on steel has reached three hundred. And sixty miles an hour, fifteen miles an hour slower. Conventional steel on steel. So fuck you, Maglev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, trains are getting faster um, in Europe, in Asia, um, not so much in the United States, which is you know we have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> national <laughs> prestige <laughs> on the line, right? Mm. All these other you know uh, these other smaller and poorer countries are developing HSR. The USA needs to one up everyone, and this is where the very high speed transportation system comes in. Yeah, that that very a real sort of like finger in the eye there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this guy Robert M. Salter. He works at the Rand Corporation. That's the Research and Development Corporation, right? Yeah, I never respected them as much after I found out that the A and the N are just and. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. He comes up with a comprehensive proposal for a VAC train system in America in 1972. And this is a simple matter of thousands of miles of deep track <laughs> tunneling across the country <laughs> with stations at higher elevations. So gravity assists braking and acceleration. Uh, 
trains would initially travel at several hundreds of miles an hour on steel wheels. <laughs> but when maglev technology matured, they could be upgraded to much higher speeds, right? How, how would how can gravity slow a train down that's doing it, 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 rabbit ears very high speed? Like you need a lot of gravity. You know? These oh, no, stations, I presume these stations were 150 meters in the air, like on sort of like an Eiffel Tower type arrangement. Well, here's the other thing you do is that air pressure from the stations could be used to accelerate and decelerate trains. Wow. So essentially, as they're going up the slope into the station, you open the airlocks and the air rushes out, and that helps slow it down too, right? Mm. My God. Imagine standing <laughs> by one of these platforms. Oh, well, ho- hopefully. <laughs> just like, as the station just farts all your clothes off. Just like, <laughs> 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 just like, just like, it's a little, a little, bing, it's like, bing bong, and then the, just all the doors open and everyone's <laughs> just stripped nude by this rush of air. <laughs> you know, but this is supposed to be good enough. The train might need and not need an onboard motor. And this was in, 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 um, Salter's words, the, uh, the next logical step for transportation. Oh, was right? it? Yeah. And so this Incredible. nation, this nationwide system is, uh, it was barely on the edge of technical feasibility, but also ludicrously expensive. I love things um, that are that combination. Yeah. Well, they do get to say that it'll make journey times that are just, they can make up the journey times though, because it's so ludicrous, they could just make it up. I'm sure yes. we'll learn a lesson to not pay attention to that sort of hokum. Um, oh. This idea was taken seriously. It wasn't really pursued beyond some very high level like technical documents, but it did provide enough breathing room that it could reasonably com- be claimed that, you know, rail is for once and all obsolete for passenger transportation. <laughs> we should move on to newer technologies. Now, what in fact happened during that same era is we get the High Speed Ground Transportation Act and America invests in this. Yes. Yeah, the Metro, the metro line. Yes. <laughs> Oh and my God, I love it so much. Like the sum total of the 20th century is we get the Metro Liner and some track upgrades, the Northeast Corridor, and everything sort of decays. I right? love it so much. It's just like, mm. fuck you, air. Uh, Aerodynamics just runs into it yeah. with a blunt end. <laughs> <laughs> they did manage uh, 160 miles an hour in these once. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> is this the one that blew out windows adjacent to it? Y- yes. <laughs> During one of the first uh, test runs, it blew out the windows on a commuter train next to it. <laughs> That's why they test uh, at night now. <laughs> uh, make the train pointy. Not in that way. Oh, yes. So, so <laughs> we don't really invest in high-speed rail in the United States in any meaningful way until California high-speed rail. Woo! Yeah, I mean, the thing is, right, being governor of California makes you insane, and Every generation, there is a governor of California who wishes to govern as Kaiser Augustus. Um, so, Reagan, Jerry Brown, uh, d- 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 Leland Stanford, probably. I haven't checked if he was governor. Um, I think he was, yeah. And now Gavin Newsom. And so, yes. under that paradigm, you know, Augustus rebuilds Rome as a city of, uh, city of marble. Uh, Gavin Newsom is going to make it possible for you to get from Los Angeles to San Jose in 45 minutes. Yes. Um, now, one thing that's useful about California high-speed rail is the trains say California on the side, so you remember where you are. Um, it's sort of like secession watch, you know? That, that's another sort of uh, peg towards A24's Chud versus Woke, right? <laughs> 
I like. I, I always enjoy the. I always enjoy. I think there's a fun game to be had when you uh, pick, see what train they've the CGI people have picked to put in their renders. So at the bottom, there's kind of like a, a like a TG like an Alstom TGV type, yeah. type thing in, in the in the very Dutch coded um, high speed rail in, in the kind of the bottom picture there. The top yes. one it appears to be one of the um, Chinese uh, kind of extremely pointy and and, and slightly. Uh, yeah. Siemens IC Valaro type yeah, looking thing. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Notably lacking a pantograph or overhead wire. There was yeah. a brief period of time where they, a few state senators were trying to convince them to do battery high-speed trains. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that seems, the that moment state seems senator to have is one of the easiest and dumbest people to buy on God's green earth is why. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short about California high-speed rail is California voters approve a ballot measure to build high-speed rail in California in 2008. They got a legally mandated top speed of 220 miles an hour. There's nice. a lot of drama about construction costs and land acquisition, the right, the correct right-of-way, so on and so forth. Construct, construction takes seven years to get underway. Right now, we're projected to get the, quote, initial operating segment, unquote, in the Central Valley <laughs> between Bakersfield and uh, Merced in sometime in the 2030s. Uh-huh. I never knew oh, what cool. the singular it's, form of Mercedes was. That's good it's, to know. It, it's it's future proof, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. sorry for completely no selling a Mercedes joke. That was very good. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I deserved it. And um, you know, time is money, and we like to spend money, so we're spending a lot of time building this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's capitalism. As I say on uh, as I've been <laughs> saying on Rail Natter repeatedly related to all sorts of HS2 related stuff, when your entire economy is based on extracting value from the bits around the thing that does a thing rather than the thing that does a thing itself. Um, of course, delivering actual things like infrastructure becomes impossibly expensive. That's capitalism, baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is first and foremost a way to keep a lot of consultants employed and oh, the yeah. transportation second. Including, weirdly, <laughs> Network Rail, who are the oh. infrastructure operator in the UK, who are one of the major contract- like consulting contractors on no <laughs> California high-speed rail. Network oh, Rail yeah. taking a Californian vacation. Huh. Yep. Oh. Yeah, but the guy who's supposed to be my line manager moved over there. gave gave up on me when I moved to my new job and decided. Shout out to hi Dave. Uh, I moved over to California to to work on the California high speed train. Hard to blame him when you look at sort of like oh, I'm doing you know permanent way on a sort of wet Wednesday in Middlesbrough. I could be <laughs> I could be in beautiful California, and that you are British, you do not know what this bit of California looks like. You've never been to Truckee. You don't know. It, it's like yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah, I'll go to I'll go to beautiful. You know, I'm expecting you know San Francisco constantly seventy degrees and you know mm. beautiful weather year round. And actually, no, I'm here in Fresno. It's 140 degrees <laughs> and incredibly I come from humid. Chino, go and learn what climate change means yeah. uh, by living in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you can get the burger. You can get water burger. You can get in and out. That's so. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As California high-speed rail project is necessary because as slow and expensive as it is, the other alternatives, which were massive airport expansions or massive freeway expansions... Sink into the sea. Are, sink into the sea. They're <laughs> much more expensive and much worse for the environment. But people still got mad about it, including a rich guy who stole a car company named Elon. Elon. <laughs> Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah. This fucking oh guy. I, des- I yeah. deserve a better class of nemesis. Is the thing. <laughs> like, this fucking guy. Yeah. yeah. What? I don't know what there is to say about Elon that hasn't already been He's said. He's a wee fucking dancer. That's what. Mm. 
He sells cars and spaceships, and he renames websites. Um, yeah, his most- whole life is based around one to getting annoyed about the fact that his he he, tr- he thought it was cool when he was like twenty to name a company X, mm-hmm. and then that constantly got taken away from him by him being shit at everything he turns his hand onto, and so he's continued to fail upwards. Yeah, it'd be like if I still yeah. combed my hair forward in the MySpace way, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, we right can, now, we can both wax nostalgic about the shit we were doing in the 2010s, man. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Right now, a lot of people think he's bad, but back in 2012, this was less obvious unless you were really paying attention. Yeah, everyone was still sucking his dick back then. Yes. From Alice Avazandum, Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got here. We're going to just do Musk. I think that's probably going to be. That's the safe one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that we're all just politely, silently waiting to find out what fun sorry, stuff. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I have um, Elon Musk and Grimes playing cards against humanity. Oh God, that's actually uh, a, a phenomenally good bit. I have, yeah. I have. Uh, I hope Elon Musk builds his dumb tunnel only for both entrances to collapse, leaving him trapped underground where only one man can save him. Elon cries up for help, and Vern Unsworth looks down and whispers, "You're a pedophile." <laughs> yes, yes, okay, absolute, absolute queen of posting shit. I love that. <laughs> Sorry for doing Twitter review here. Uh, it's fine. We're enjoying it. We're looking at a picture of a of a. A creep, a, a sexual offender, yeah, abuser, yeah. Uh, apartheid, life. white supremacist, yeah. piece of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, this good. is from 2020. Someday we're going to find out how Elon Musk won that pedo guy lawsuit, and it's going to be some James Elroy shit. <laughs> <laughs> some American tabloid shit. So, um, weird story. Uh, my dad was the guy in charge of that rescue because my dad does cave rescue. No shit, um, really. And really? Yeah. Doxing your own uh. father on, on <laughs> podcasts. Uh, pff, I've done it in worse places. Um, and so he knows Vern pretty well. And Vern, so this is why I have like personal hatred of this man uh, alongside professional and uh, other hatred. Mm. Vern, a fundamentally good man who literally saved a bunch of kids' lives, um, was crushed by that lawsuit, as you'd imagine. Oh, he was course. kind of taken for a ride by the big lawyers. Um, he was quite happy to just let it slide because he didn't give a shit about what uh, what this um, prick said. But, you know, the lawyers are like, oh, we can we can sort it out here, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, it should and have then, been a slam dunk, you know? It should like, have been a slam yeah. dunk, but, you know, rich white guys never never lose. Mm. Um, and and it's crushed Vern. So shout out to Vern. I don't, I don't. Hopefully he has no profile on the internet because the internet's horrible, and he can just enjoy caving again. But um, yeah. uh, screw Elon Musk for a million reasons, but particularly for for that. Yes. What was also transparently him being really butthurt? Did I, have I told the story about the fact the Australians nicked his submarine and probably have it somewhere? Yeah, uh, yeah, you have because he he took the fucking submarine prototype to the cave, and no one would let him get near the cave because it obviously wouldn't work. So he just... got it into the first chamber uh, mm. of of maybe two or three hundred. Um, uh, <laughs> And and it obviously just immediately got broken and stuck, uh, and the Australians just nicked it. They thought it was fucking hilarious, so they just nicked it in in true Aussie style. <laughs> See, come on, man! <laughs> they are a, they are a criminal bunch, though. They turned it. They turned it into. Uh, they they turned roots. it into. They turned it into a barbecue, or as they say in Australia, a barbie. Yeah, <laughs> either a barbecue or a beer fridge, one or the other. Yeah, well, if it's broken in half, they can have both. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so anyway, Elon takes a look at the high-speed train. He thinks is rubbish. He proceeds. He proposes his own system with blackjack and hookers, the quote-unquote <laughs> fifth mode of transportation, oh my God. the hyperloop. 
Uh, let's and, let's get old H Bomber guy on this on this on, on this man for mm. it being a, quote unquote an original Elon Musk idea. Yes, I mean, much like Tesla was an existing car company that Elon said was his, uh, the Hyperloop is an existing idea that Elon said was his. Yes, yeah, bad <laughs> idea. Yeah. There's some differences between the Hyperloop and uh, Vac Train, but we'll get into how essentially the, the, they became Vac Trains. What's the mm, big speak- idea here? Speaking of billionaires, I see Virgin on here, which means Richard Branson's grubbing uh, the hands have been on this as well. Yes. Man twat. with What's an island. A man who owns an island. Yes. Have we learned nothing about men who own islands? Can't you gotta, just leave well enough alone, Richard? Just go. Gotta, gotta, and- gotta watch out for those kinds of people. Yeah. <laughs> just fuck off yeah. your island. Um, Listen, I haven't said anything other than a true fact, which is that Richard Branson is a man who owns a private island. That's all there is to say. That's right. Okay, so there's not quite a vacuum to beep all of the intermediate bit, please. (laughs) Yeah, we cannot, we can neither confirm nor deny that uh, Richard Branson is a. Yeah, we can neither confirm nor deny that he is um, a a British Thai cave diver. (laughs) There's a pod. It's not a train, it's a pod. Yeah, it's in a two. It's your red flag right there. Yeah, whenever someone says pod, um, you know it's going to be a bad idea. Pods um, in America. I, 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 <laughs> I was a tiny <laughs> child, but I I remember saying this of the London Eye, and I was right. That shit has ruined Ooh. the skyline in London. One of my most controversial opinions. Tear it back down. I think it's controversial, sucks. but correct. Thank you. Yeah, the um, you know, when you have a... anytime I see London skyline on anything, it's like, oh, we've got a big fucking Ferris wheel on a circus. Yeah, why do they going? keep including it on things, like as oh. if it's a feature? It's like it's a fucking Ferris wheel. Why? Why are you putting that next to the flipping House of Parliament and the Gherkin? Just like, which incidentally is funny because the Gherkin, you can't see the Gherkin from any angle anymore as well, which is funny. Yeah, it's blocked. Um, that's another story. The, the walkie-talkie yeah, I, and stuff. Yeah. I think it's yeah. uh, like interesting that like every other city decided they needed a big Ferris wheel too afterwards. Ugh. You know, Glasgow had a tiny one as part of like it was. It was literally a fairground Ferris wheel, but they called it the Wheel of Excellence. Um, <laughs> and, they, and they had it in George Square for like six months, and then Edinburgh nicked it. And so now I, I think Edinburgh still has the Wheel of Excellence, like seasonally. Incredible. They have like a, a much smaller one next to it called the Wheel of Mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> Every day of my life, I'm writing no, the Wheel of Mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. There's a pod. It's not a train. It's a pod in a tube, right? The tube is very low pressure, but it's not a full vacuum. There's a big air compressor here in the front of the pod, right? And that air compressor eats up all of the low pressure air and either ejects it out the back or it puts it through little jets on the bottom, right? That makes the whole thing float in the tube like it's a puck on an air hockey table, right? Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, it's it's that stupid. It is that stupid, Alice. Yep. There's no motor on the train. What there are the pod. It's not a train. It's a pod. That means <laughs> it's like when Margaret Thatcher insisted on the trains being called shuttles on the uh, Eurotunnel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So um, this thing runs on linear induction motors, right? Which is essentially you have a bunch of magnets on the track. You have magnets on the train and those are what propel the thing uh, it's like a big it's like a normal electric motor but instead of being in a circle it's unwrapped 
Come come out of the thing with all of your credit cards demagnetized. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's refined by a, a, a chap from uh, from Lancashire called uh, Eric Lathwaite. Mm. You, yeah, find, a couple. you can find the original video of them testing this on YouTube with some great yeah. Yeah, guy voices. Gareth, for listeners, Gareth is reaching behind him to his shelf on which there is a book here called I'm Holding Up to, for Everyone Else to See, uh, Transport Without Wheels, by edited mm. by Eric Lathwaite. Yeah. Ooh. Put it away again. I'm enjoying the little Gareth connections. You know, I think, me too. I think it'd be you know a transport without wheels. Does that include horses, though? <laughs> Why not? Well, maybe the viscera thereof. Horses so. are the original hyperloop. Yeah, uh, when they're sucked point. into the <laughs> sucked into the atmospheric yeah. railway. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. There's the linear induction motors are not continuous. There's like a pad every seventy miles or so of linear induction motors that give it a little boost. Right, or this is the original idea in the white paper that Elon Musk uh, he'd posted. been playing Minecraft, hadn't he? Yeah, honestly, though, yeah, grief. Uh, That's how powered rails work. Yeah, there's a right. little patch of the, the little red ones, and you go wee, and then it slows down again. You have to have another one, and you have to shove a redstone down. And yeah, we've all yeah, been there. Exactly. Well, if you're smart, you use a lever. That's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, I, I oh, man, now I'm thinking about my highly elaborate electrification systems with redstone underneath redstone. Oh man, now now I want to play Minecraft. God. <laughs> oh. So these pods in the white paper sat 23 people, right? And it's they're supposed to leave people. every 30 seconds. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Yep. I'm so, a yeah. I've, yeah. I've, that seems yeah. stupid. I don't Let's do this. Know the numbers on this, but I have taken trains before in my life, and of those trains, I would say almost all of them have had more than 30 people on them. Yes, and yes. Uh, they have more than 30 seconds of separation as well. Mm. Yes. Yes. There, there, I have done the numbers on this, Alice. Uh, I'm looking Thank forward you. to being able to interject with them. And yeah. you're right on everything. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the white paper, this is maximum capacity of 2,760 persons per hour per direction. You know, it's about two subway trains worth of people. Um, yeah, that 2,760 is about a decent, as I often end up saying, that's about as much as a decent bus service. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, not even a decent bus service. That's about as much as, a, as, as like a, a bus service in Leeds. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> They're supposed to travel at 760 miles an hour. Some oh. of the pods, instead of having room for seats, would have room for people to drive their cars on. Oh, this oh, motherfucker has go. never yeah. built a single thing that he doesn't want you to drive your Tesla onto, into, yeah. over, or under. Yeah. I love the idea of a 700 mile an hour fireball with mm. uh, a load of yeah. Tesla drivers inside yes. it. That's, that pleases me. California high-speed rail is called <laughs> yeah, out several your, times. Your boy Dave is just working on the surface, uh, <laughs> so, you know, somewhere in rural California, and here's like the loudest rumbling in the world, traveling very fast underneath his feet. <laughs> I'm just imagining all the manhole covers popping up into the air with a little bit of flame <laughs> shooting out of each one as it goes. It's like that scene in Batman. Well, no, because this was intended to stop your mate, Dave. Yes, it was supposed to defeat Dave. It was supposed to take Dave and defeat Dave and make him uh, homeless. Mm. No. Oh, we're going against Dave. Yeah. yeah, leave Dave alone. Yeah. California High Speed Rail is called out several times directly for being expensive and slow in the white paper. 
While this system, the Hyperloop, will be cheap and fast, keeping in mind California high-speed rail has a design speed of 220 miles an hour, which is basically the bleeding edge of high-speed rail technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the th- here, here's the thing, and, and, and I, I often use uh, the, 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 I often uh, use phraseologies that I've picked up from uh, my favorite podcasts. Um, this is the thing. You can say stuff, mm. and in this case, the, the, the stuff is... Mine's faster than yours. Mine's yeah. cheaper than yours. <laughs> right. And yes. that's about as much science has, has gone into it is the thing. Uh, yeah. And as we'll see, that continues to be about as much science has gone into it. <laughs> I was about to say, if you go through the old Elon Musk white paper, uh, you see some of the diagrams in there. And if you don't initially understand the diagram, it looks very fancy and scientific. And if you do understand it, it looks like it was made by a moron. yep yeah so here's uh the bait and switch elon didn't actually want to build the thing himself he put it out there as an idea right but unlike ideas for most ideas guys entrepreneurs ran with this thing creating a wide variety of hyperloop and hyperloop-esques yeah, it, it it was like the hype in Hyperloop, right? Is yes. Elon Musk yeah. just yes. distributing this and being like, "Okay, go go do this, go kill high speed rail." Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is why I'm not great to go too in depth on the technology aspect of it because the fundamental problems here aren't so much technological as everything else. Right. If you look at <laughs> yeah, you know, fifty Hyperloop companies, you'll see fifty different implementations of the similar ideas. Um. Now, this, uh, when, when this white paper comes out, there's immediately people who want to capitalize on this by doing renders, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the burgeoning render industry of California. The, this was my favorite um, part of Hyperloop. And this was like really early. These, I think these are all from like 2014 or so. Um, oh, it's, just, it's proper like early days, yeah. like render on image type stuff. This is, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, these are all from Hyperloop uh, technology. Uh, no, whatever it is. transportation technologies. Tr- yeah, those guys, they, they got in early. And what you can see here is Hyperloops obstructing navigable waterways. <laughs> Fuck boats. Um, Me and all yeah. my homies hate boats. Yep. I love that they, yep. that, what I love, and this sums up so much about Hyperloop, is that they've looked at fancy high resolution pictures of long span suspension bridges, and they've gone, oh, in fact, they've not gone, they've not done anything. They've gone, huh. I'm just going to put a load of low span, like a short span, low bridge next to that. And that's yeah. fine. I'm not going to learn anything from yeah, this I'm... high bridge with a long span. That, that's that's just there for aesthetics, yeah. right? Like the, the city I've, of New I've York. Heard, like... I've heard of the Army Corps of Engineers, and I don't recognize their authority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the city of New York or the state of New York, the state of California, aren't going to have any thoughts about me putting this kind of like shitty bridge next to their fancy bridge. Um, yeah. Also, not not to sort of be the sort of security-minded person here, but the single easiest and deadliest piece of American infrastructure to attack instantly by virtue of the fact that you have a pressurized tube <laughs> connected by a bunch of very vulnerable spans across the water. Yeah. No. And also, bear in mind that you've got uh, if you if the morons who are trying to sell this are to be believed, rather than the um, the actual science um, and legislation about uh, guided vehicles, um, there are you know in a thirty second period there are like two hundred of these in quick in quick succession. So um, you split one of these pipes at 
this thing's going to be spitting pods for about 30 seconds yeah. and uh, good god the whether carnage you, whether you do it intentionally or not if some like riverboat guy rams his riverboat into it yeah there's there's gonna before. be right 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 you, you're gonna have a little bonk from a garbage barge and it's going to um kill up. fifty thousand people <laughs> yeah 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 you're in philadelphia we already, put, we already put the trades scale. next to the uh the children's hospital just to keep just to keep them ready yeah and this is this is where you know you sort of look at this and you realize one of the first problems here is anyone who was pushing this scheme did not understand or have a desire to understand something called horizontal construction mm. right where you dig stuff in a line like the line yes yeah. yeah that's a good question is the line horizontal or vertical construction Ooh. yes 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 yeah but so you know there's two types of construction. There's horizontal construction that's roads, bridges, railroads, so on and so forth, <laughs> as opposed to vertical construction, which is built mostly buildings. Uh, I'm doing right? diagonal construction. I'm trying to do horizontal. I'm trying mm -hmm. to do vertical construction, but I'm doing it really badly. That's uh, like those, <laughs> those. Me as one of the city fathers of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, and this is one of the fundamental, I think, misunderstandings or mischaracterizations at the at the core of the Hyperloop proposal is that it's going to be cheap because our guideway is cheap. This is wrong. -o. wrong -o. No. Shout out to Devin. I say that so often, either in my head or on Twitter, and it's all I'm channeling Devin every time. Uh, hi, hi, Devin. Um. Anyway, you know, one of the ideas is all right. We have the standardized tube. We have the standardized column. It's going to be real fucking cheap, guys. Right. Um. Lol. But here we can every see every column is bespoke. Every yeah. single one requires a ground investigation. Every single one is in a, a bespoke design. There is absolutely nothing. Okay, you can repeat the cross section, but you're doing a trial hole. At, you're doing a borehole at every single one of those piles to adjust for the ground conditions. Each one of those will be bored to a either to a different depth or to such an immense depth that you don't have to worry about it. Both are very expensive. Hole eight one one before you dig. I mean, <laughs> just this them is, calling it over and over and over. It, it's our <laughs> old friend Sandy Loam back again. You know, like the thing that that's defeating Hyperloop here is ground. Yeah, I think that's another one of the the issues with um, you know, this is this is uh, California high speed rail in the Central Valley. They're doing a sort of four track viaduct here that I think goes into one of the stations. Um, this terrain is actually. As much as it is extremely flat, it's still difficult to build on just because of the geography of the Central Valley, mm. how it's all these uh, very deep alluvial deposits, right? I was going to um, say, like, it might look, the trouble with flat is that lots of stuff gets, you don't get the nice uh, deposit, depositions of mountain areas where it all kind of sorts itself out. When it's flat, it's, it's a load of all the different colored soups all smoosh into each other and it's all very uh, heterogeneous. Yeah, and it's uh, it's also seismically active, and also you know every hundred years or so it floods to twenty feet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know there's there's a lot of problems even with building on the flat, which is you know what what they assume. Okay, it's all going to be the same as long as we're building on the flat, you know. And you can do you know horizontal construction. You wind up with lots of different conditions just because it goes so far down here. You can see here's a huge right away they got to clear for Tren Maya. Right, because not only do you need to the actual space for the right of way, you need space to work in. Um, 
you know, and you're also building over. In this case, it's also very flat, but because it's the Yucatan Peninsula, it's full of holes underneath. Um, yeah, full of holes, lemurs, sort of like rare plants. Uh, yes. Um, jaguars. Mm-hmm. Subjugated uh, cultures, things yes. of this nature. Yeah. Things of this nature, yes. So, you know, this all, any, any of these generic guideway designs are cheap until you actually build the damn thing in the real world. Um, <laughs> and that's sort of how you sell what you would call a gadget bond anywhere, which is something that's not a train and its main feature is it's not a train. It's like, well, you know, the guideway is cheaper. How is it cheaper? Blah, 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 blah. We've never built one, so it's, it's probably so we cheap. We any, so we don't know. We can mark our own homework. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, in, a, in this controlled or theoretical environment is cheaper than rail and then it turns out actually if you put two steel rails on some planks and some gravel it turns out to be even cheaper than whatever fancy guideway you have (laughs) yeah because you stop having to do a bespoke uh bit of ground investigation for every single column suddenly you can kind of be like oh we can come back with a tamper and even that up let's just put it on a continuous squidgy uh beam that's fine I ballast with rails on it. Happy days. That's another interesting problem with building in the uh, Central Valley. Um, Because it's so flat, there's nowhere to get fill from. Yeah, just put it straight on the ground, no problem. Yeah, you put it straight on the ground, but if you got to go over a road, then you got to have like an artificial dip somewhere else. I mean, I I assume that is why they're using, um, I assume that is on on California HSR there, I assume that is why they're using the, um, the, the, the supporting columns for a, for a viaduct rather than just fill. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons. The And then other reasons, we'd have to go into a whole episode for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, I've been storing up a California high speed rail, yeah. rail matter because it's such a... Uh, to be honest, Lost I feel like fuck. more of it needs to happen before it becomes an episode. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's where I start seal- stealing slides from Gareth. Nice. <laughs> about, about capacity. Here we go. Um, oh yeah, I need to talk here. Right, okay, so... Yeah. <clears throat> I'm spooling up. Um, firstly, apologies that all the text is weird on these. I, I these are from Real Natter in, in in a funny font, and that font, uh, not everyone has it because people are normal about oh. fonts. Uh, so this, this this is a sketch I did for a, for a Twitter thread I did ages ago to debunk um, Hyperloop, and it was based on the fact that all the Hyperloop kind of discussions, including that this was that there was like a Colorado sort of study that talked about this, and and you look at all of them, and and there there were two discussions happening about Hyperloop. One of them. Um, is as as Justin's already alluded to, is um, the technology itself. They're going, oh, you know, we're talking about the the technology, the the vacuum tubes, the the switches, all the and and the discussions are like people would get busy talking about, oh, is the technology viable? Isn't it viable? Vacuum this, that, the other. The other discussion they'd have is, oh, well, there's this enormous if you if you create high speed transport, there's this enormous demand, this enormous economic benefit of doing that, and this would basically be this circular loop of either the reports talking about. Isn't the technology marvelous? Isn't the isn't it going to be wonderful when we have high speed transport? And they kept going round and round in circles, and none of them addressed the the um, the key issue, which is you will transform the economic um, sum total of uh, zero if your technology uh, doesn't move anyone. Which is what yes. because it's a pod. That's what Hyperloop did. Alice has already alluded to this mm. with the there are only twenty people in this thing. Uh, question mark uh, point, which is that it's a thing called system capacity. System capacity is really easy to calculate. You uh, you go, how many people are in the vehicle? How many vehicles travel through the thing an hour? And yes, uh, Roz is absolutely right. I've put up the SUVAT equations because this is a capacity yeah. question. Um, 
the SUVAT equations are, if you did mechanics, I don't know if they call them that in the US, but certainly in the UK, they call, the SUVAT equations uh, are basically the equations uh, of of motion based around like acceleration and time and distance. So like S is displacement here in these uh, in, in this equation. Uh, v and U are initial and final uh, speeds. A is acceleration, T is time. Um, and you can do a whole bunch of fun calculations to work out um, using this equation, the distance between your vehicles. So if your vehicles are going really, really slowly, um, then you can have them quite close together because the distance it takes for them to stop is short. And so actually the thing that dominates the, sp- the distance between them stops being like how fast they go and how quickly they break. Why is this? It's because uh, both legally and from an obvious safety perspective, you want to have a safe braking distance between your vehicles so that if one uh, is uh, has a problem, has to brake, the one behind it won't kablamo straight into it yeah. and result in your um, massive multi-pod pileup. So you have to have a safe separation. And that safe separation is the distance it take the distance it takes to, um, or the time it takes for the vehicle to stop, plus some tolerances for like reaction times of either the person or the technology. Right. So in the case of a train like uh, the Hyperloop nonsense, um, their trains are going. Sorry, pods are going at like mm-hmm. fast enough, like well, like a thousand kilometers an hour or or seven hundred miles an hour, whatever the number they've. Made made up off the off the top of their heads and so the separation you're looking at is like minimum f- about 30 to 40 seconds right minimum that's quite a short period of time great marvelous the trouble is if your pods have 20 people in them then that means that you're moving the jack to you know, the, the the grand sum of like two three or maybe in a, a, a magical sense four thousand people an hour um, bearing in mind that high-speed rail, like HS2, if they hadn't been, if, if Sunak hadn't uh, kneecapped it, was going to carry around about twenty thousand passengers per hour. So that's quite a lot more. Um, uh, there is another technology that carries this small a number of people um, over long distances at high speeds with large amounts of uh, infrastructure, and that is business jets. So business jets are probably a lot cheaper and 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 indeed higher capacity to just have buy a load of business jets and run them from A to B rather than building this system. So that's a key thing, capacity, system capacity. This thing is a huge amount of infrastructure being built. As Ros has explained, the same amount of infrastructure as if you just built a train, and yet what it's going to do is move almost nobody. Yeah, this is and, not a good use of of resources. And like your only your only option here is like okay, maybe you can somehow make the pods bigger, but that's also going to like increase your curve radius, the size of your infrastructure, or horror of horrors, you make them into a train, which is also questionable. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of fluid dynamics issues with 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 the train getting longer. Um, it reaches uh, a, a weird German guy's name limit, um, and, and, mm. and it becomes, which is one of the reasons why the pod sort of idea elevated is because you, you struggle to actually get a longer thing through the 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 the, the kind of the the low uh, pressure environment. You know, um, you're really fucked in physics when there's a long German guy. I know, right? Yes. Yeah, God. Um, but the other thing is um, that. Uh, if it looks too much like a train, then people will put two and two together and realize that it's all a scam. Because all of this, it has to look like pods because it has to, firstly, has to look like cars to the car people. But secondly, if it looks too much like a train, it starts breaking the suspension disbelief and you start going, oh, it looks like a train, but it's wrong and that doesn't make sense. If If your brain goes, that's a train, but bad, then then the the illusion falls, right? So that's why these things have to look... That they have to have pods. They have to look like somehow they're some magical fifth way, rather than just being bad backwards trains. Yes, and I think a good comparison here, um, if you're more, if you want uh, a more layman's comparison, 
the amount of infrastructure you're building for the capacity of the Hyperloop. Let's try and <laughs> let's try and uh, convert that to Chinatown buses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So consider this is the Funghua bus, uh, which did New York to Boston, New York to Philly, a few other places. Right? It has sixty seats. Um, there was also some seats uh, up above for live chickens sometimes. Um, <laughs> right. And so for all this heavy construction and technological development, groundbreaking new technology you're developing to put in this Hyperloop system, you get the same performance as 46 coach buses departing per hour. Um, <laughs> build, and, instead of high-speed rail, build Chinatown buses from yeah. Sacramento to Los Angeles. That's exactly yeah. what Richard Wellings of the Institute of Economic Affairs wants to do. And I'm not even joking, he has written so many papers saying to replace existing railway lines with uh, lots of coaches. And indeed, we were going to do it out of Marleybone. We were going to do this to Chilton Mainline. Uh, Alice, this will this will hit you different. Um, we were going to do this. There were pl genuine plans to do this to the Chilton Mainline, which was to convert it into a bus way with high-speed buses like I, this. I will not take <laughs> that was, the mega bus. That was an onion bus. article. That was an <laughs> onion article of the high, okay. Obama's high-speed rail system what if, being downgraded to high-speed buses. What, what, if, what if we just ran these buses so quickly together that we could hook them together in sequence? And what if instead of a roadway, we had their own sort of like dedicated lane? And what if instead of tracks, it was uh, instead, instead of a road, it was like some kind of like uh, metal track ballasted with stuff. Um, and what if instead of like tires, we gave them like steel wheels? Um, car was, Mike, car Mike. There was there was a guy. There was a guy who worked at the Cato Institute, Randall O'Toole. But this is also his hobby horse. All trains should be replaced How with buses. Just neoliberal um, bus guys just growing yeah. on stuff like fungus. The thing is, forty-six <laughs> bus departures an hour is a lot of bus departures, but it's nowhere near the limit of bus terminal technology, as shown here at the Port Authority bus terminal in New York City, which uh, <laughs> yeah. serves 450 buses per hour at the morning peak. So what you're Jesus. telling me is we run this concurrently 24-7, fuck the carbon emissions whatsoever, um, and we get 10 California high-speed rails? Build I'm more not, buses! Not yes. seeing a downside but beyond the fact that yep. the journey takes like seven hours. Like there's so many like we don't want to get into the into the pig and shit technology stuff, but yeah. they're they're like it's not really technology to point out some of the systemic issues here. Like there are so many points of failure with a system like this. You also because you're talking about lots of because each individual bus has to carry around all of its stuff, all of its technology for a relatively small number of um, of passengers. That's a lot of weight, and because it's on tires, it's damaging. You, you require quite a lot. So, so you have to build a very strong roadway, which is expensive. The Port Authority bus terminal is very heavily built structure to deal with all this yes. mass it, it it's it is not an efficient use of resources including the expensive bit of transport which is drivers yes. how many drivers have we got here for like how many fewer drivers if it was trains i would assume oh, there's golly. 450 buses per hour there's 450 drivers per hour <laughs> what hopes yeah I, I hope all the buses have drivers yeah <laughs> you have Don't to move do it to Edinburgh where they're trying to take the driver out of the bus good um, good god um, Hold on, I, driverless bus, you know. I stupidly <laughs> did not use the restroom before starting the podcast. Uh, I'm going to go do fine, that real It's quick. fine. We'll riff for a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll riff for a bit. We'll, we'll, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so this is the thing. The, the Chinatown bus is an Americanism. I would do this in terms of megabus 
Um, and <laughs> I don't mean to single out Megabus as a brand specifically. There oh, are but a few we should. of them. The, the bus with Daryl Breen on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- th- this is like the real dire shit. Uh, if if the like train system has failed for one reason or another, then Britain's last line of logistical defence is getting the Megabus. Um, at, like, run by angry homophobic Scottish men. Yeah, that's 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 the mm-hmm. thing that unifies basically all buses in in the UK. Is they're all run by like True. two angry Scottish uh, homophobes. Yeah, um, and yeah. yeah, so you end up at like you know a bus station in Preston at three in the morning, or for instance, you miss the last train from Edinburgh back to Glasgow, and you need to get back to Glasgow rather than staying overnight. Well, the only thing that does that rather than a twenty four seven train service is a bus, um, and. Ugh. Uh, a cir- sort of minor circle of hell, you know? I, I did it once. I, I got the bus from, for some bizarre reason, uh, mostly probably skint student. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to not get the train from oh, London to, to Aberystwyth. And I got the bus from London Victoria Coach Station mm. um, all the way to Aberystwyth. And let me tell you, given that that's one of the, at the time, was one of the least punctual bits of railway line, good God, I would have loved to be on a train stationary in a flood um, mm-hmm. uh, near Telerthig Loop rather than in that hell bus. Like the bus had aircon, it was you know it was fine as a bus. In fact, you know, arguably comfortable as a bus. Yet somehow it's hell. Long distance bus journeys. Oh my They're god! I don't. Fun. I just not fun. no. Mm. Get the train. Difficult to get up and walk around. You know. That's it, isn't it? You're stuck in place. Whereas you can stretch your leg. You can go and find a quiet corner of the coach to fart in. You just can't <laughs> do that in a bus. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Bus, so, uh, bus, a, long, long distance bus toilets as well. No, um, thank there's you. a funny idea. Don't go in there if you want to retain. Don't go in there if you're as wide as I am. If you have hips as wide as mine, you want to get back out again. You know, that you're doing a confined space rescue uh, at that oh. point. I'm back. I was, I was talking, talking about. Of, talking of returning from the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the anyway. Hyperloop pod would have a toilet in it. Oh, now that's what's so, funny is can you ask if they got Matthews the suction wrong and, and yeah. <laughs> fully sucks you out yeah, of that yeah, and yeah. spits you into that, the tunnel. Does the kind of like U boat thing if you can just sink the hyperloop pod using it incorrectly. Well, now you have to you have to stay there and plug the hole with your ass until you get to the station. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, that, I suppose would that be a, is that an enema? No. It'd no. be a um, kind of colonic irrigation. It, you'd it, be it, I mean you'd be very clean right the way up through there. Very, very Sort of the world record for uh, anal prolapse, you know. <laughs> oh no! Thank you no. for that sentence. Just yeah. get sort of like Jim Henson all the way out for your asshole. Yeah, you have yeah. To, uh, uh, call up Guinness for see, that this one. This is the thing. I have a I have a way with words that makes people want to listen to the podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I I once said to somebody that I was going to make them a slutty little elbow. I'm not going to say who I said that to. <laughs> <laughs> Two ways of reading that potentially. Did you, was was it to Justin in anger? Is no, my first question. It, was, yeah. it is actually to read pretty frequently. That was going to be my second question. Was was it to your now wife? Yeah. Did you later oh. marry this person? Yeah. Um, I, 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 okay. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Alice's Jim Henson line. I will not recover from that for no. the rest of my life. So um, anyway, uh, Hyperloop Alternative One. The uh, Fenghua Chinatown bus, fairly easy, much cheaper. Um, but if you know we're getting serious about this, we should talk about serious high-speed rail. Oh, now right? you're talking my language. Yes. Um, 
And the purpose of high speed rail, you got to remember, it's it's capacity first and foremost. The speed Look at this beautiful, is beautiful, big shoe you know, looking motherfucker right here. Yeah, exactly. Speed is the speed is useful because you drive modal shift, but also because you need fewer trains uh, to achieve the the throughput. The faster the train, the fewer the you know the the faster it gets between destinations. The fewer of those trains you need to buy, which means you get smaller depots, which means there's lower electricity consumption, uh, fewer drivers. Overall, the system works well. Obviously, there are other benefits of release capacity in the existing network, but I'm not going to talk about that because that's, this isn't real matter. Yeah, it's, that, 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 it's one of the counterintuitive things about um, operating trains is the faster you go, the cheaper it is. Yes. <laughs> the EU did a very interesting study, and it was the, the EU's totally um, uh, resultless uh, year of rail a few years back. And they did a very oh. interesting stu- they had a genuinely interesting bit of academic work looking at externalities. Um, which is a fancy way of saying thinking about more than just the cost of building the thing in the first place. Um, and the only mode of transport that actually pays for itself is high-speed rail. Yeah. All the others have externalities like health impacts, pollution impacts, um, all these sorts of secondary effects, including rail, you know, some of the side effects of rail, of conventional rail, that means that the cost, that the overall cost to, to a country for that particular transport system is negative. The only one where that isn't true, including aviation, the only one that, is, that isn't true is, uh, is high-speed rail, which does pay for itself for huh. this very reason. It's an eff- very efficient way of moving people around. The, the, the faster you go, the cheaper it is because the bills can't catch up with you. Right. Yes, especially when you don't pay them. Yeah. 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 Your way, Espe- especially when you... When you stop, uh, you stop running TGV La Poste. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And looking in the mirror, and there's one of the like Royal Mail trains, also a really sexy train. There's yeah. the class C- 325. 325s, that's right. I love them so much. It's See, got the body of a 319, but the face of a 365. Very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, very strange. Or oh, um, face of a networker, sorry. The 365 had the funny happy face added in, in, in retrospect. Yeah, the networker. Real, the UK the, real nerds, the GB mm, real nerds out there. You know what I mean. Oh, no, of course. The, the old networker, my favorite train, because I used to get it to school. Uh, very yeah. uh, like pleasant associations with the you know noise. Um, But yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you look over in the rearview mirror, you see one of those gaining on you, you know? <laughs> but only three days a week. Yeah. Well, this is a very topical <laughs> yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everyone. So this is the N700 series Shinkansen. Oh. It has 16 cars. It has about a, a 1,500 seats. It accelerates to 170 miles an hour in three minutes. It runs 17 times an hour at the peak. Oh, right? what are we doing? You know? <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I, that's a capacity of 25,500 people per hour per direction, or the equivalent of 111 230-seat Boeing 737 MAX 10s. Yeah, or, which, you know, discounting the ones that the wings fall off. Yeah. <laughs> or using the Hyperloop capacity we discussed earlier, nine Hyperloop tubes per direction. So still less than the full capacity Port Authority bus station building. <laughs> yes, actually, it is still less than the Port Authority bus terminal. Um, <laughs> well, you got to think about bus terminal is an affront to God. We we cannot yeah. stress this enough. Yeah. Well, think think about a think about a rack of eighteen Hyperloop tubes, and now imagine it having an intersection with another rack of 18 Hyperloop tubes. <laughs> it's gonna, I love it's... pointing this out to people. I was on the BBC, on BBC, like BBC's, uh, one of their radio shows, and, and was pointing this precise fact out. And I don't think, 
uh, Rory Catalan Jones, uh, hello Rory, gave me my first BBC appearance talking about the bloody Hyperloop. Um, uh, Rory Catalan Jones found this very funny, and his colleague didn't quite believe me, um, and and subsequently has said uh, she owes me a pint because of Hyperloop going down the toilet. But yeah, this is the key point to understand. That's that's such a good gra- visualization. Hyperloop pod is about the same size as a, as, a, as as this train that we're looking at on screen right now, the N seven hundred. It's about the same size. Imagine nine or ten or eleven or twelve of these. Bearing in mind that the pods seem to get smaller as the Hyperloop development continued. So they end up going from like 20 down to like 18 or something. They started at 40 and then it got smaller and smaller. 20 of these tubes next to each other going across the landscape. Bearing in mind the other point about Hyperloop is that all of the technologies pushing the te- all the companies pushing the technology, none, none of them talked about boring this underground. All of them, the business model that they it was to do with them selling air rights, question mark, and, and having... Uh, uh, solar panels on the outside of the thing so they all of them have modeled it on an above ground system with 20 tubes to to have the equivalent capacity of a hybrid rail system 20 tubes running across the surface of the earth for when you Nowhere need to get on the 20 could you do that? spaced commuters from san francisco <laughs> to san francisco you would you would, you, you would have an intersection with these things if there's a branch line and if you looked at it, you would enter some kind of Lovecraftian psychosis. <laughs> it would be a, a, a cognito hazard if you looked at that tangle of tubes. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, oh my god, yeah. just yeah. A, a, a brief word of note on the on the Japanese Shinkansen. The reason these things accelerate so insanely quickly is partly because they have lots of stations frequently together, but also they like the engines on these, the motors on these things have only got more powerful. They make them super much like kind of stereotypical Japanese housing. They make these things super light, like to the point where they don't have great crashworthiness. Oh. And the reason they do that is because they build the infrastructure such that it has. You know, bearing in mind it has to be super earthquake proof. They build the infrastructure to have basically zero percent failure rate. Uh, this is not a thing we can do in Europe, which is why our trains have to have crashworthiness. But the the these trains are unbelievably lightweight, and and they can do that. They've thought of the safety system. They've taken a different approach to what we've taken in Europe for high speed rail. But the Japanese trains are super light. They have motors that are way more powerful than anything in the rest of the world. And as a result of that. These things accelerate unbelievably quickly. We're talking like a rocket-powered shit off a shovel. It's good stuff. And they've never crashed one. Nope. <laughs> they've had earthquakes. They've had the track dislocated by earthquakes. Um, but they have a system that is that, that can detect those sorts of failures. They have infrastructure that's built to last. They have designed a system that's phenomenally safe. It's very, very impressive. Honestly, spectacular. There's a reason why people still th- imagine this stuff as world-leading, because it is. You know what always amazes me about these things is in Japan, um, no eminent domain, uh, no no compulsory purchase, no, no nothing like that. Um, somehow they still get stuff built. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people believe in it. You know, they, they people really vigorously believe in this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and uh, one of the things I find aggravating is I look at Google Maps everywhere in the world. Train just just invisible on Google Maps, right? Uh, not in not in Japan. The Shinkansen shows up really like brightly as a, as, as you know, Shinkansen routes are really like vibrant on yeah, on Google I mean, Maps. This, this, this is, is part the of the Japanese psyche. Like this is yeah. a fundamental part of their of their of their lines of communication. It, it, it might be premised on a lot of like alarmingly conservative and often frankly racist ideas, but Japanese social cohesion is no joke. And yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you look at our sort of like social discohesion um, and. So, yeah, it's a discohesion Elysium. We're dancing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's maybe not so good. It's got some downsides, you know. 
So anyway, this train with massive capacity. I'm not saying um, we have to be more racist. Yeah, let's not be more <laughs> racist and have no immigration. Alice, there are other ways to social no, I'm, I, I'm saying that Alice, maybe one of, that? one of the ways that we could be more socially cohesive is embracing diversity. Just a thought. Yes. Oh, nah. So <laughs> this train, because it accelerates very quick, it could make lots of intermediate stops, still maintain a high average speed, serves more people, brings them to more destinations. Um, now, what Elon proposed uh, in terms of capacity was enough for existing travel demand from Los Angeles to San Francisco. You have to factor in induced demand at that point, which Elon does not believe in. So that's why, you know, if you're going to build a real system, you need you, you need this capacity. Shed loads of capacity. You need. Yeah, you need you need Shinkansen and not Chinatown bus. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, yeah, so you need dedicated high-speed rail on dedicated right-of-way. Hyperloop cannot do that capacity just definitionally, uh, just, you know, going to laws of physics unless you decide we're going to build a tube big enough for something the size of a 737 to go mm. through. You know? <laughs> All right, hear me out. We put the Chinatown bus in the tube. <laughs> I think we do already, Whoosh. don't we? Yeah. yeah Under the river. Yeah. yeah, the express bus lane on the, uh, on the Holland Tunnel, yeah. What if that had no air in it? Or is it the Lincoln <laughs> Tunnel? The it's the Lincoln on the Tunnel. Floor of the bus die. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't have that. Um, you know, Great and Chinatown bus with a kind of like air bladder on the top, like the old gas-powered vehicles from World War One. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Justin. Uh, so this is a commercial for the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, people are annoyed by these, so let me get to the point. We have this thing called Patreon, right? The deal is you give us two bucks a month, and we give you an extra episode once a month. Uh, sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, it's two bucks. You get what you pay for. Um, it also gets you our full back catalog of bonus episodes, so you can learn about exciting topics like guns, pickup trucks, or pickup trucks with guns on them. The money we raise through Patreon goes to making sure that the only ad you hear on this podcast is this one. Anyway, that's something to consider if you have two bucks to spare each month. Uh, join at patreon.com forward slash WTYP pod. Do it if you want. Or don't. It's your decision, and we respect that. Back to the show. There's always one thing that irks me about this is the stations. Oh my god! For these things, um, what am I looking at here? Where where are all these people going in and coming out? Where are all these pods stacking up? Like oh, what's what's going it's all on here? Renderite. It's all yeah. weird yeah. curves. And There's I mean, no... I, I we did Art Deco. I mean, um, Art Nouveau. I like a weird curve, but like when it's done with some degree of intentionality. Well, yeah, exactly. It's always <laughs> like totally absent like the actual circulation of the vehicles and the people mm. like there's just there's there's no discussion no, of what these there. stations are going to look like i would guess they would look more like the port authority bus terminal yes <laughs> yeah like the one in the bottom uh, right hand corner but just like multiply that by four Mm, so yeah. that it takes up like you know like like a hundred blocks it's like a fidget spinner i like the one I on mean, the top gonna... right with the like absolutely no sort of separation of one of those pods goes off the rails question mark it's yeah. just gonna wipe out everybody i mean i would imagine i would imagine you um 
you know, you, you would, you would get the hyperloop out to the hyperloop terminal and you'd wait in a queue for like 35 minutes to get to the platform, you know, with any of these designs. I mean, there's, there's just, there's no capacity here for having a pod It comes back to the, the, the core point, which is that all this has to do is look vaguely plausible, right? That's yeah. all these pictures have to do is look vaguely plausible to the layperson. That's all these renders have to do is make it seem like it's legit. And whilst for for like for all for all of us, we look at this these things and laugh. Yeah. For unfortunately, the vast majority of people, and in fact, no, the people that count, which is tech journalists, they see this and think it looks legit because it vaguely looks like city skylines. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be able to transport in. Uh, I assume. 400,000 passengers per hour, <laughs> well, whatever uh, is yeah. happening underneath this roof. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we just have to believe. Um, all right. I stole more rail natter slides. Right. Let's talk right. about the companies. Uh, let's talk about companies. This is fun. This is this is fun nonsense because um, there are so many of these. Um, so this, the first thing we're going to talk about this group of companies <laughs> that invented a made up uh, trade association called Hyperloops Association. As I said in Railnatter, this is not me blowing up their logo to like make it all choppy. Um, they actually have a choppy logo on their website, despite being like tech nerd people. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You suck, guys. Um, Hyperloop. Uh, Hyperloop one. Let's wow, start with Hyperloop one. This is a real one. good 90s font. I like this. Like I know, it's, right? It <laughs> is. It's, it's, so, um, again, apologies for the typeface situation. I, I should have sent Ross Appleberry. It's a bit like, Liam, you get mad at Ross for hard drives. I should have. Got, I should be getting mad at Ross for not having a font that no one has on, their, on their computer. I, Yes. Um, Hyperloop One here, uh, as we all know, this used to be Virgin Hyperloop One. It was founded in 2014, the year after the Alpha paper, um, based in the USA. Uh, the last real update was in November 2020, and uh, its current status, as we all know, because that's why this episode is happening, is liquidation. Yeah, funk. Um, yeah, yeah, funk. Gone. You mined for assets, and this mm. is important because this is the only company that actually shoves some people through a tube. <laughs> two people and two they didn't people. look very comfortable about it even though they're very high paid executives in the organization yeah in fact they looked a lot like they didn't want to be in there i mean and they they they, they brought them up to 107 miles an hour in a 500 meter tube wow um you know and then they slowed them back down again and then they left the tube and that was the crude hyperloop test and then r.i.p yeah slowly over time what's transpired within months of that test they made half their staff redundant. Yes. So it, uh, it went well because this is the thing. This I, I don't want to dwell on this too much because uh, we we need to um, f- close the episode within four or five hours. But <laughs> um, the, 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 it touched reality. This is the problem with the Hyperloop stuff. As soon as it touches reality, people realize it's stupid as shit. So this this video went out and it actually just got like they put out all the comms for this and it got. Hilliard, it got absolutely slammed, including by finally the tech journalists caught up and actually realized, oh, this is shit. This is just shit. And everyone realized and, and it burst the bubble. And as a result of that, because all these things exist as is a load of is, is vapor. You know, there's a reason this stuff gets called vaporware. It exists as just noise, just hype. As soon as it touched reality, very these two people touched reality and the whole thing, the bubble burst. And all, the, all their share price disappeared. All the investors were like, oh, wait, this is shit. 
and um, and and it died, uh, or uh, rather, it didn't die. Uh, as Ross is about to press another button, yeah. it pivoted. It pivoted. It pivoted. Now, I will note it's not vaporware because it's an evacuated tube. There's no there's no vapor <laughs> in there. It's yeah, that's actually true. less that's than that. Um, yeah, that's, well, that's eventually they, they pivoted to okay, maybe this passenger hyperloop stuff is going to be impractical. So we're going to do something more stupid. What if I you like need, you talking about this so much, Roz. I love I love it when you talk about freight hyperloop. <laughs> what if you needed a forty foot container of something instantly? Now TGV La Poste, clearly. <laughs> the list of people who need a forty foot container of something instantly is like limited to people doing like I don't know human smuggling. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I don't understand. I mean, if you. If you are shipping large volumes of cargo that need to go somewhere quickly right now, you don't do it in a shipping container. You do it in a 53 foot dry van or whatever the equivalent in Europe is. You do it with a truck trailer. Right? I just realized how big a 40 foot container is. And I've just imagined a TGV hauling one of these on a flatbed. And I'm going to be thinking about that for the next several hours. <laughs> There's... So the idea of the cargo hyperloop is you're shipping these containers around at hundreds of miles an hour. But if you're shipping containers inland, usually they just came off a boat from China or Europe, which took several weeks. <laughs> so you're shaving off a couple days from the schedule that's several weeks yeah. you, you using do the last mile really 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 really, really fast. quick yeah and chances are you're shipping it inland only a few miles to a distribution center yeah no one where has everything's... like a railroad spur and absolutely no one has a hyperloop spur so it's got to go on a truck again yep. yeah it's got to go back on a truck and since it's a container you got to worry about the container chassis which are a horrible perennial problem with people shipping containers that's again that's why the 53 foot dry van is nice has the wheels on it you've got to do wheels are attached gotta, <laughs> you've got to build some kind of container terminal that can handle one of these coming in every 30 seconds at a billion miles uh, an hour at a billion miles an hour into like uh, and, and then take it out put it on a truck and get that truck out of the door in time to then be ready for the next one yeah, and I mean, we sort of have that at like major sure. ports. You have the automated like overhead cranes yeah, that run on rails. And it drops them onto a train. Yeah, it <laughs> drops them onto a train. Or you have like the, the thing where five trucks line up at the end of the thing. Yeah, yeah. But all the drivers have to get out and hold a button because it might accidentally drop a container on the cab because it's automated. <laughs> um, it's uh, those things are pretty crazy. They got a, they're, they're very, very high capacity and they're very efficient. But you have they, all these you get your treats fail safes. Do, do, yeah. do all five drivers have to hold one button? Because that sounds very intimate. If so, no. There's there's Ooh. five separate buttons. Yeah. Oh, that that's that the first fiction bubble. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. yeah. On the AM, otherwise someone like might five separate truck drivers. <laughs> otherwise, someone might stay in the cab and get crushed by a container of soybeans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have all this incredible efficient technology, the automation, the cranes, um, the 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 weird relationship with organized labor at the port, um, the, the all this good stuff. Um, and you get your containers onto the train, um, and then it goes onto the single track with short loops section of line from Felixstowe to Ely. Yeah. Which is where <laughs> almost all of Britain's stuff comes from. Sabotageable infrastructure. No, <laughs> do not do this. Yeah. Do not do this. Just British transport. 
have police more to platoon will hunt you down. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can have something that gets the containers there much faster, but at a much lower capacity for no reason. Um, so this was the secondary idea: is let's do car- hyperloop cargo, and they found out um, no one actually wants this. Yeah, this I mean, this is already an idea. Like the, they're trying to find a niche for it now yep. that it's fallen through right. uh, on passenger freight. Uh, passenger and, and what's funny is that the only people who care about transport. freight are freight people mm. and all the fr- unlike passenger stuff where lay people and just regular people go oh i i, I move oh no that's a no. thing I'm freight people do nothing without several hours of spreadsheets they play football manager for fun they frighten me yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look, so those the idea of pivoting from passengers where you have you know millions of stupid people who think oh that's actually a, a thing and to pivoting to freight where everyone is a maniac a guy called torsten who is never been a second late or early for anything in his life <laughs> they're going to laugh you out of town and that's exactly what the new investor after virgin ran away uh, dp world lol uh, tune into all previous trash features um, dp world then decided to invest um, and then immediately decided to disinvest um, hence the demise of hyperloop because yeah. funnily enough freight was an even dumber idea than passenger hyperloop dp world being dubai ports not the other kind of dp Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Ro, I don't know, Roz, if there was anything more you wanted to say about this. I, I, I love it when you talk about Hyperloop Cargo. I all I can say is I don't I don't understand. I you know I think there's pe- people people are too obsessed with containers um, when a lot of stuff doesn't go in containers and in fact shouldn't go in containers. Bring back like, brake bulk. Bring back yeah. the longshoreman. Yeah, yeah. Or, or oh, now this maybe Hyperloop would work I mean, if you if you got a longshoreman to like fill it with uh, you know like fill it with potatoes or whatever. Just sacks. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, a green you know, carrier Hyperloop pod. <laughs> oh man. Well, the thing that's wild is since there's so much excess capacity heading back to China that we've gone back to like 19 or like 1880s methods of handling cargo. Which is, you know, um, you have a, a container and you put a plastic sleeve in it and then you fill that with bulk soybeans, right? As opposed to having like a bulk soybean freighter, which, you know, is what you would have done in like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're back to we're back to grain doors like on old fashioned boxcars. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, uh, so yeah. uh, so that's the end of of Hyperloop One. Bye bye. Yeah, uh, Hyperloop bye-bye. One. Bye bye. Uh, and then we land with the other. So these are kind of in a, in a, in 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 like order of ish bigness yeah. of, of what they achieved. How many we're going to blast through here? And we're on slide twenty six out of sixty two. So uh, yeah, well you done. better believe I'm going to pick up some speed. Don't yeah. worry, uh, like Liam, you're making that damn date. Thank um, you. <laughs> So Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, uh, founded even earlier, 2013, again, USA, uh, founded by, um, uh, there's, in fact, they're all, again, listen to the trash feature that Roz is on, um, yeah. uh, where there, there's so many weird little guys involved in this. This the Hyperloop Transportation Technologies had a weird little guy. So um, Hyperloop One had, uh, what was his name? Uh, he, oh. he recently renamed himself to something else, oh, which is also did, kind did, of funny. Did, did, yeah, 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 hold on. Uh, Bam Bam, Brogany Bam Bam. Um, yeah, Brogan, <laughs> Brogan Bam Brogan. That's the one. Brogan Bam Brogan. I shouldn't yeah, make fun of people. His name to Brogan Bam. I mean, changing your name to something silly is only cool when the name is cool or you're trans. Correct. Right. Um, so this was this the guy involved in Hyperloop Transportation Technologies was Bebop Gresta. We're going to touch on this guy uh, later. Uh, the, the, those words used 
possibly more accurately than I intended them to be. The current status of Hyperloop transportation technology is that they have made two mock-up pods. They've had a test track in France rejected, and they've run out of money because they've merged with some other organization, yeah. uh, like some weird sort of fund. Uh, so they're dying. Bye-bye. I hate, hate to say it, but Brogan Van Brogan left acrimoniously uh, with them. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Bad, pub, um, bad uh, HR. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So next one. Let's go. So from the USA, we must head north to Canada. Canada. Uh, 2015, we had a thing called Transpod um, uh, founded. Uh, this is uh, a funny name. This is this is a, 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 in fact on on the rail matter. People in the chat made the joke that this sounds like actually quite a good podcast for trans people. Mm. I was Transport. thinking that you you come out the no other station when you, when you. When you take the when you take the transpod, you come out the other station a different gender. Yeah. <laughs> Based in Canada, but, um, of course. Yeah. Based in Canada, um, founded in twenty fifteen. Its last real update was um, n- none ever. It's done so many little press releases about nonsense. This is oh, the really one is that trans. Roz, this is the, yeah. <laughs> this, this is the one that Roz was um, talking about on on TF about um, anyway. But I'm, I'm not going to stop TF referencing. Yeah. Basically, this one is talking now about plasma question plasma, mark plasma oh, technology for power. Yeah. Um, they also seem to have sort of since Hyperloop One went bankrupt, they're trying to disassociate themselves from Hyperloop technology, even though they're doing the same thing. Um, they're like, oh no, this is our own thing. You know, it's like that the the comic where you know the the. I made this, and then the other person takes and is like, "I made this," and then that was Elon <laughs> Musk with the uh, vac trains, and then this guy is doing that a second time. Yeah, <laughs> this time just, it's got a just, little bag of plasma attached to it, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, uh, it's it's uh, better for than saline solution. So they're they're, they're grifting. They're just grifting. They're doing. They're managing to have like credulous journalists still publish their nonsense as if no one's ever heard of Hyperloop. So you can go back through and look at Transport news articles from like local Canadian news uh, and kind of regional Canadian news, and it, it's weird. It's written about as if Hyperloop has never existed, as if as if people have never heard of it. Really strange, but uh, you know, part of the problem. Right, let's jump forward. Again. In the past, so let's, we're let's looking leave transport forward. to it. Um, so, uh, 2016, Heart Hyperloop. We have to go to the Netherlands. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Heart Hyperloop. And um, the last real update from Heart, to be fair, was October 2023 because we are entering the Grift Loop. Ah. Forget Hyperloop. It's the Grift loop. Grift loop. Do you know what's a good organization to get loads of cash out of? Well, I see its flag right there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's the European Commission. It's the EU. Hooray. Hooray. Let's take millions of euros from the EU to do stupid I, shit. I miss that. I miss when that was us. You know, I miss when we you... could do that. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? You, you travel around. Europe and you see like a sort of like a pig pen in Poland that has a big like funded as a project of the <laughs> European Union pig shit development agency thing <laughs> on the front. And you're like, I missed that. We have grifts. We have perfectly serviceable grifts and we've robbed ourselves of the opportunity of building money out of Our entire country is based on grifts and yeah. flim flams. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We we're great for this oh. stuff. Anyway, yeah. Heart Hyperloop. Um, they they managed to grift. Um, they they put they stored some pipe in a goods yard, a, a literal goods yard yeah, on, the, on the on like the, the the border. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> I think, I think like, that was the, a comic effect. 
yeah. On the uh, <laughs> on the uh, yeah, the spray bottles coming out. On the um, <laughs> on the uh, outskirts of Kent, I think there's like some like just goods yard or some rail goods yard, ironically, because it's always a railway. Um, and there's just some pipe being stored there by this company. They haven't actually assembled it in any way, and they've been given twelve million euros of cash for that. God, I mean, wow. the thing is, to the EU, this is less than nothing. Right. You can, true, you can yeah. write to the EU with like a letterhead you made yourself and be like, can I have 15 million euros? And they're like, yes. And as we'll see as we go through these companies, uh, correct. That's exactly what yeah. you can do. Um, so this company, so okay, they've got their millions of, of euros, but in an indication of their health, they're merging with uh, another company, which is Zelleros or Thelaros, um, because we are going to Spain. This is a, sp- a Spanish company that appears to have hijacked the Extinction Rebellion logo for confusing oh, reasons. Shit, that's what it has. Um, uh, founded in 2016, based in Spain. The last real update from these these guys, uh, December 2022. So again, kind of some. When I'm saying a real update, by the way, I mean that something that it's not a grifty renderite announcement. It's like some actual thing has happened um, on their website. Um, current status of Delros is that they have one mock-up, they have uh, one small pipe. Uh, uh, same uh, at all for a cool <laughs> 15 million euros of EU cash this um, is my 15 million euro pipe just got just got 15 million euros of cash for a for a, just for a pipe in it uh, quite spectacular I put pictures in for this because it, yeah. it shows I, I want to show some things so uh, two pictures here on the left you have what looks like to be fair quite a snazzy looking um, sort of studio yeah, type this is the kind workshop of, this thing. is the kind of thing yeah. that 15 million euros off the EU buys you is a little exactly like- and what it buys you is buying all the stuff off the last incarnation of Jordan F1 team <laughs> because- no shit really I mean, not literally, but they've basically, what they've done is literally taken this stuff, they've bought a load of stuff, probably off like auction from the last low tier F1 team that failed because all of this stuff is just stuff they've bought and arranged in a room. (laughs) None of it makes any sense. In a tube and accelerate him to relativistic speed. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that's actually doing anything here is the laptop charger plugged in. That's the only thing that's actually (laughs) doing anything. And so, and you might think, oh, but wait, there's like a jet engine ass looking thing in the middle. That's surely something. They're doing something with that. It looks very nice. No, all that is is a plywood mock up with a screen in it with some seats inside Jesus that looks Christ. like what a pod might. Oh. No technology. It's just quite, a plywood mock up. Small as well, so it's a scale. Yes. Model? I think it's like to ha- Yeah, it's like half size type mm. situation. But you can see, even though it's half size, you can see in the ne- the picture next to it that it's only got like six seats in it, even though it's a shrunk <laughs> mock up. Spectacular. Anyway, they so got that's a what weird, can fancy get. room. Yeah, it's a very fancy room. I mean, it's a fancy room, or it's um, a manure uh, uh, silo. Actually, because I'm pretty sure manure silos are built in the same way with the, the king posts and the and the sort of concrete slats. Oh, I think anyway. actually, based well, on this gradient back here, the whole thing's a green screen. Yeah, pipe loop isn't real. Not only is it yeah. not real, it's not real on a sort of second order of abstraction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Uh, next, uh, next, because here's what they've actually got. Oh. When I talked about their small pipe. Uh, oh wow, that's, that's, that's what it is. I was expecting like at least a big wide pipe but for like a really short, so like a you know girthy pipe instead. That- it doesn't even have any sort of thing to fit a vacuum pump onto. It's literally just like a weird small model mock-up type thing. That's wild. Just what? Just, what what's what is, what's going con- on here? Proof of concept. Man can create pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, let's let's jump. Let's let's leave Thelaros behind because you know. Mm. They're, they're, I do, they're, I do like the, shit, the kind of honest. like vibe of this very small kind of like 
you know, Spanish industrial estate, because it's like, this is exactly the way that you get money out of the EU, is you are in an EU country, you're in an underdeveloped region economically of that <laughs> yeah. EU country, and you go, do you want to invest in, you know, northern Poland, fucking, uh, you know, uh, southern Spain, southern Italy, whatever, and the EU is like, yeah, love that, love to, what are you doing? You're like, building a pipe. It looks like it looks like the you guys Top ever heard Gear of Super Techno- Mario Brothers. <laughs> it looks like the Top Gear Technology Center. Literally, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, quite something. So next, we're going to talk about Novomo, um, who used to be called Hyperloop Poland. Oh. We talk oh, about Poland. This okay. one's great. Correct. This one's fantastic. This is so good. So I, I see right. some more EU stuff on here. I see oh, some. Oh, you like, better believe it. Industry awards yeah i put in some industry awards because it's like you know the grift is real uh the big the big circle jerk of like money you know just people who think they're great patting each other on the back you know b2b magazines getting all happy with each other right so founded in 2017 based in poland formerly hyperloop poland and um, the last real update quite recently september 2023 because these guys have done the clever thing they're a bit like ros was saying about um transpod um they've given up on hyperloop and they've given up on well ish given up on hyperloop but they are riding on its coattails to kind of uh, while i'm reading the slide i'm doing the worst presenter thing anyway sorry everyone i've, I've got into bad habits Right, these guys, basically, they're pushing something that's even funnier and more stupid. So, next slide, please. I just want to point out here the best oh, yeah, Polish hardware startup to watch in 2023. Yeah, it's after those the guys, guys who invented the screen door. Mm-hmm. No, Sorry, no, they, they beat the guys, they beat the guys who roughly, like, half the amount of labor required to screw in a light bulb. <laughs> 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 so um, this is off their website. Yeah, they're trying to like basically again. They're they're trying to they're trying to make they're trying to basically get investment for an idea that's ultimately as stupid as Hyperloop, arguably even more stupid. Um, once again, they're like, look, you take this train that has comfort capacity, and what you do is you turn it into this small coffin sized ass thing that looks like the Glasgow subway. What? It's an easy translation, right? Um, and then also, so what it's saying is, but what you could do is. To carry Hyperloop pods on the existing railway. Ooh, Ooh I'm pretty sure this was in train. This. what? This was Correct. in this was in Railroad Tycoon Two. <sighs> the is, maglev this, this that worked on existing rail. Some of the stupidest shit I'm ever. So bad. <laughs> um, so let's have a look at the next picture, which is of their from their like video or their website, kind of pitching what this thing is. So what they're saying is, you build a load of additional uh, kind of moderate infrastructure on the existing track so you add a load of extra bits and pieces including this big long uh, maglev strip that goes down the middle of the track which um by the way will not work for starters where does any of your signaling system go because lots of that relies on belize's uh, in the forefoot but anyway right, so that's need the plan. Use, use use phones or something hand signals use phones or something use an yeah, app. exactly <laughs> use an app for it um so they've done this little test track where they've carried well, this thing, this like bomb disposal robot ass looking thing here, um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, quite rubbish. So what is the actual, so let's go to the render. Everyone, you've all been waiting for the render. Let's get the render up. Let's yep. get the transport yep. fever loading screen ass oh, render up. Okay. Yep. Here is um, a transport wow. fever ass loading screen, I, but with, hmm. yeah, yeah with, a, with, a, <laughs> with what looks like a shiny tampon riding on uh, the near track. This is funny for a variety of reasons. Firstly, why do we think that we have to limit speeds of trains 
in the first place. Uh, well, in case we well, because the tracks and, like, are curvy. Women's, women's uteruses will fall out. People's uteruses people's, will fall that's out. That's wokeness right there. Yeah, that's wokeness. You can't remember too late using you inclusive language. Yeah, using uh, inclusive language appalling. If we, if we didn't have DEI, we could run every train at four hundred miles an hour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. The, the, oh, so, shit. so this thing, the it's like once again, it's like the people designing this thing don't understand the actual. The the reason trains have to go slower is either because there's a train in front. And just, it has just, to go slow so it doesn't uh, catch right, up. I, right, I've solved this. I've solved this. Okay. Back of every train, right, there's a red light. Instead of that, you put a sick ramp, you just perfectly <laughs> jump it. Easy. There was a system developed for that in the 1800s. Oh my god. That was I, seriously I considered. A, I can't say a <laughs> fucking thing about a train without you what? going. By the way, in Lithuania, in the fucking 1790s, <laughs> one guy filed a patent. I'm the only person who knows about it. <laughs> so, two reasons. Number one, because other trains are around. Number two, because of curvature. You can't, like, th th having fancy new technology is not going to change the fact that you have curvature on a railway that limits speed because of the comfort of the of the human meat bags inside it right so this thing what's it going to do okay on the various sections of short straight between curves that exist and some of them maybe you know you, you maybe get a mile of straight five miles of straight in the in an extreme situation but you get a length of straight and it accelerates up to a bit faster than a normal train would then it has to slow down again to regular speed to go around a curve the trouble is, in doing so, it's then caught up with the regular train in front, so it has to slow down anyway. So what? And, and, and to achieve this nothing, you've invested in a huge amount of additional complex and, and intrusive infrastructure on the existing railway. It makes absolutely no sense, and it's fucking hilarious. So uh, next slide, It please. has no capacity either. One thing I want oh, to point yeah. out is oh, yeah, this has been tried before. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, the, the German rail zeppelin. What if we put a big propeller on the back of a passenger car? All right, yeah, it worked. It also had the potential to turn people on the platform into a fine paste. Um, you know, <laughs> I worry this is going to happen to me when I stand on any platform. So yeah, and and so you know that the, the, it could go very fast, but then it had to slow down around corners since it was a propeller. Of course, it didn't accelerate very fast. And then you know, we weren't satisfied with this, so we did try it again in the United States. Oh yes. Um, the oh, M497 yeah. Black mm -hmm. Beetle, which is a Bud RDC with a jet engine on top from a B36. Uh, this is the yeah. same concept fundamentally yep, same when concept. it comes right down to it, except that this is actually has some amount of crashworthiness. Um, <laughs> yeah, whereas yeah. The, the 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 giant tampon is it is does appear to just be made out of carbon fiber, which I look forward to the shards yeah. of carbon fiber uh, separating all my various internal organs from each other yeah. um, with pinpoint accuracy. It's nothing, truly nothing new under the sun. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So talking of which, uh, Swiss Pod. Um, the Swiss Pod's fun because it, it it does precisely what Roz just intimated. So let let's talk about Swiss Pod. Founded pretty recently, actually, they were they were really late to the party, just like the Swiss often are, very late to the party, uh, out of date with what's going on in the world. Um, sitting yeah, on a pile of like Nazi gold, gold. bank account, fucking yeah. shit. Excuse uh, me, <laughs> women women's suffrage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, hello to the Swiss. You have lovely trains. Actually, uh, I have a lot of time for the Swiss people. That's because um, they don't so, have DAI. 
Exactly. Yeah. They. They. they so uh, the the non DEI uh, Swiss. Um, the last real update from this thing, sadly though, is very short lived because the last real update was in July 2021, um, and they built a site uh, a nice circle in in the kind of the, the yard of their of oh, their kind like, of, uh, campus you, building. Switzerland loves building like large circles under things. They do. So, they do yeah. under over next to big hmm. circle or in this case a small circle made out of drainage pipe, uh, and they got three and a half million euros uh, of EU cash uh, in the process to. Do so. How the fuck and did they do nice that when Switzerland's not in the EU? Is my question. Well, indeed, but this is because the Euro- the, the Swiss um, uh, Regional Development uh, Fund can tap into European Commission money oh. for projects that can feed into the EU. So, Why you know, the fuck can't we do that? Sorry, not well, to get too we're trying with Horizon, aren't we? You know, yeah, we're trying. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's some nice happy pictures. Uh, there you can see it's just a little circle. Oh, it's quite a big circle. I mean, it looks like fun, but it's fun in the way that you could probably get a hamster to run around in it and not much more. <laughs> I don't know. The trouble with it being an infinite loop is I don't know how you Europe, put things please in Please let us waste your money. Oh, uh, well... You just have to disassemble it, take one of the segments yeah. out, and then, then so, you have the perpetual hyperloop. You're just on it. Yeah, exactly. Like well, Anyway, it's so weird, but they all look very happy doing a little yay in the middle of their nice circle. So that's good. I'm glad they got 3.5 million euros of EU cash for that. What's funnier about SwissPod is that they call themselves the natural inheritors of, next slide please, Swiss, Swiss Metro. Metro. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I which remember is, this. We've oh, talked okay. about this before. Yeah. Swiss Metro is what Elon Musk directly, uh, uh, this is what H-Bomber guy should be doing the video about Elon Musk on, is that, that Elon Musk very directly stole the Swiss Metro concept. And you can see that a lot of the renderite people also stole the Swiss Metro concept when they created their renders, because this picture created by, uh, like, let's face it, two really old retired guys, yeah. um, like using like, what was it, using Bryce 3D um, there, there's a deep cut for any of the um, the three. Well, yeah, this is uh, this is a nerds. this is a very old company. This has direct continuity with um, the Rand Corporation version of the idea. Oh, um, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, th- this this is the actual inheritor of the the VAC train heritage. Yes. Um, <laughs> You and notice it, came, it is it an actual cut. train as opposed to yes, a pod. You can see that there are multiple vehicles in there, which is uh, partly the reason why it couldn't work because of the the long German name principles um so uh there we are swiss metro so the swiss pods say they're the inheritors of swiss metro even though they're not because swiss metro dash ng still exist and still say they're going to create their own hyperloop but we're going to ignore so there's swiss metro shout out to their comedy late 90s website (laughs) i love i love a a logo that uses clip art it just Mm. makes me so happy Uh, next slide please Right. Okay. So that's sorry. That, that this concludes our our first group um, of uh, hyperloop people. These are the big hitters, as it were. They're the big players. Now we get into the weeds of Ooh, the real Bush fun. League. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, let's start by talking about China. Um, China. China. Yeah. Um. CASIC or the oh god, I have to try and remember what the acronym stands for. The Chinese Aeronautical. And signed, uh, it's like an aeronautical company from China. Um, uh, founded in this company, founded in 1999. They were not doing Hyperloop stuff in 1999. Basically, China my belief: Aerospace Science and Industry Corporation. Thank you, mm. thanks, Alice. Yeah, that, that's a lot of stuff. They're, they're China's <laughs> largest maker of missiles. Good for oh. them! Hooray! Well, and that's why they've done it. So basically, that that's kind of the reason. The reason this they've done a Hyperloop thing, which is they've only done one Hyperloop thing. And if you go to the next picture, they've created a test track and a pod. My belief is that this is basically just to, so that China can say they have a market presence in Hyperloop, just in case it does become big. 
I don't think they've actually oh, done anything. Yeah, so you just have like a state-directed thing of like taking your equivalent of Lockheed Martin and being like, do some bullshit and call it the Hyperloop. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. That's, like how... that's what I believe this is, because this test track is looks like it's basically just like um, tent material stretched over just like probably a normal maglev test track that they probably have somewhere kicking around. Um, yeah, because they, like they got like that, that maglev they put on display a while back, and I don't think it has a test track for it. They just say they yeah. have it. Yeah, and, and they are doing they are doing some stuff with they're they're talking about doing some stuff with high speed test tracks for maglev as well. But I, again, I think it's a little bit of a like we look like we're doing this. But bear in mind, China had the battle of maglev versus conventional rail, and conventional rail absolutely won. Hence, pretty, pretty they built tens of thousands one, yeah. of kilometers <laughs> of it in like a decade. Um, so uh, that's China. Let's 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 move on from China, and we're going to go to Germany. We are going to Germany. Oh no! Um, Get me off the ride. Yeah. <laughs> this is this no this one has tums in it, it you won't it's, get it's into the hyperloop yeah the thing that um, i my stomach experiences when i eat a jollibee hot chicken sandwich oh tummy hurt yeah um uh so so this is one of the mm. wait 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 is it is it tum because it's technisches universität munchen Jawohl. Ah, oh, for fuck's um, sake. Okay, of course it is. So uh, this is like lots of the Hyperloop, kind of these sort of pseudo companies, is that they come out of um, uh, venture capital wanting to exploit the cheap labor of um, PhD students um, at, to create a load of IP and patents that they can then license. That's kind of the other background. So mainly Hyperloop is to stop California high-speed rail happening, but also it's a secondary grift of venture capital trying to create IP off cheap labor, i.e. Uh, gullible students. Yeah, two, two um, have done a few things like this. I've seen some of their like weird walking machines along oh, the same God. lines of like yeah the, we got like a lab to do this and it's some good press for us i guess back, exactly. back when i was at drexel i was on a formula sae team and you know when sure hyperloop works. came around they started the uh the drexel hyperloop team yep. and uh what they did is after they moved the formula sae team into a new building then they gave half the lab space <laughs> over to hyperloop um, who proceeded University to do nothing. was deeply involved in the crimes of the Nazi regime. Drexel, uh, fucking probably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that school, man. Ugh. It's fun to go so, to. It's fun to go to civil engineering school while the civil engineering civil engineering school is being, being dismantled. Imploded, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the current status of these guys, uh, they have a mock-up and they got some very gullible um, uh, regional ministers and prime minister to uh, come and stand with a shovel in a car park next to some dirt that appears to have just been laid there. Cool. I'm, it's kind I'm, of strange. They to... just like laid yeah. some dirt out for them to stand next to, next to a render, uh, and they haven't actually built anything. The render, the render, render is a pod on a scissor lift and a tube. Not You can barely even call that a tube. That's just, I mean... It doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's just, a segment. It's a short segment of Mar pipe. Is that Marcus Serda in the middle there? I think it is. Jesus Christ! Oh, it quite could. It quite the, possibly could be the, the sort of paramount leader, the um, the Kim Jong Il of Bavaria. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all the other thing is like it's all these happy, gullible people who are involved in the process, sitting, standing in the background, like lots of young, bright things. This is another thing that aggravates me: is that you get all these bright young things, like these these kind of. Uh, corporate but well-meaning students uh, across the world, including in my my former university in Edinburgh, um, getting involved in Hyperloop stuff and thinking it's the future, and and not putting their you know bright, happy, enthusiastic minds into rail stuff. You know, this is a lot of human capital that's being wasted here. There are lots of reasons that Hyperloop makes me yeah. very angry. Sorry, it sounds like it sounds like they're like getting addicted to heroin. 
Hyperloop, <laughs> not even once. I mean, yeah. Bavarians, Bavarians can get very mad at me for everything that I've said wrong and mispronounced, but the one thing I do know about Marcus Serda, if that is in fact him, is that he has, um, he did try to have a Bavarian space program as an announcement, <laughs> so... Just build a tra build a fucking train, man. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have the railroads first, in Germany. The first beer on the International Space Station. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think of Bavarians. I've been listening to um because I have a bizarre obsession with uh, Werner Herzog. I've been listening to him read out his own uh, sort of memoirs, which is which is great. It means I have Werner Herzog in Whoa, my head. You must look really into the eyes Werner of the Herzog. Yeah, he's uh, he's a remarkable man. I'm just imagining like what what Werner Herzog say about the Hyperloop because he has thoughts on everything. He has thoughts on like the most niche television, trashy yeah. television. He's watched it somehow and will have extensive <laughs> no. thoughts on it. But yeah, this is this um, is part of the like uh, the CSU because the CSU is like separate from the CDU. I might have those the wrong way around. But so he has this little Bavarian fiefdom, um, and one of his ways of like sort of propping it up. Um, rather than, you know, to try and stop voters drifting to the AFD or whatever, is uh, a huge amount of investment in aerospace, uh, thus the space program, and thus also oh this. And a lot of that is being, like, funneled through the Technical University of Munich. So this is all, this is deep Bavarian conspiracy shit yeah. that's happening here. <laughs> yeah. and, and on top of that, I'm just thinking about how you pronounce Hyperloop if you're a German, and I keep coming back to, like, Hyperloop. Like this man yeah, is personally investing half of the GDP of Bavaria into keeping all the exhibits at the Deutsche Museum running all the time. The only museum I've ever been in where all the interactive exhibits worked. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that and the weird that and the pump they must use to make the weird um the, the weird wave in the English garden where everyone does surfing. Um, anyway, that's a oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Uh, let's move on quickly because uh, there's nothing quick about me going through these slides, even though I hope there would be. Founded 2016. We're talking about Delft Hyperloop here again. It's a university situation. Um, <sighs> Hi, it's in the Netherlands. Hi, everyone. Uh. Um, actually, the Netherlands. I used to listen to a Netherlands drum and bass radio that was so good. Um, and their drum bass was excellent. And it was really funny because as with so many um, European uh, radio stations, they'd be like in Dutch, they'd be like, fuck yeah. I used to love that shit. It was so good. Anyway, right, moving on. Yeah. Um, uh, so honestly, I actually have nothing bad to say about Delft Hyperloop other than the Hyperloop shit. Because honestly, it's just a bunch of students just like tinkering and, and vibing and presumably taking extensive kind of recreational drugs. Um, and I, you know, who's to, who's to say whether that's bad or it's not? It's good to rip off universities. As someone who mm. did that extensively to Temple University. I mean, let's let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ross, you found a graphic of Arriva. Okay, Arriva was right. so funny. It was right. such Arivo, a funny I don't concept. know much about Arriva because this feels they... like a thing from Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> so they, the, Arriva were founded in 2016. They're based in the USA. I don't think there was ever an update ever. It's a bit like a transport situation. They never done anything real. They were liquidated two years later. But <laughs> Ross has they, found they, information they about them. One video, and I got a still from it here. The idea is they take a highway lane. And they make these ultra fast sleds that go on them, oh and then you God. drive your car onto the sleds, and then it goes really fast. And then just I guess before or after exactly was this before or after Musk did Boring Company? I'm not sure. The funniest I, I would thing laugh so much if Musk it. stole his idea for the stupid, you know, his his idea that lasted what like 18 months or something of the stupid little skids, little tea trays with the cars on it. 
because that disappeared. If I, he copied this, that's so funny. I think this was slightly afterwards, but the funniest uh, thing is they do all this renders and it's like, okay, here's the ramp where you go on the Arivo. And it's like on one side, the cars drive off the pod and it disappears into the ground. And then it comes back up the other side, flipped around somehow. And then you drive your car and it's so fucking it was and it accelerated so quickly. It was just it was hilarious. It was it was like, how, how did the anyone sort of would like accelerate so quickly that the brakes on the vehicle would fail and it would just leave a row of vehicles behind to get and it would get pancaked into the ceiling of this thing by the one behind i love that yeah. <laughs> so, i love that that's such a good fit i'm a, I'm a little bit that. confused as to why it's enclosed at all you know are they gonna try and like okay i hope your air conditioner set to recirculate <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna evacuate this too <laughs> It's a perfectly vacuum sealed vehicle. Can you imagine it with Teslas with their panel? <laughs> Just a bunch of people getting sucked through their air conditioning. Your cyber, your cyber truck. You know. Yeah, you get, you get, you get, you get bloated out to huge dimensions oh, from the rapid drop in pressure. You mean cyber suck? I love that. All right, you got, you got it. Hope your journey is less than three minutes, or uh, you may lose some IQ points. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just stunning! I love this. Re- I need to get this render. I need to find it. I, I love remember, this so much. Remember to exhale as it depressurizes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Always gives me nightmares. Oh, good grief! Right, okay. Let's go to um, uh, question mark logo. Yeah, uh, or DGW Hyperloop. Um, founded in 2015, based in India, because India had to get involved in the grift. Um. Mm. Last real update, never. And its current status is that it's a website. Cool. As with a lot of these, it's a website. That's all it is. Um, And if we jump to the next one, which is... Oh... Beautiful. Oh, Hyperloop oh, Italian. Look at the suggestion. Fantastic. So, hey, yeah, right. Hyperloop Italia. Hyperloop Italia. So, uh, we make sorry, it a pizza. We make it a pizza in the vacuum. <laughs> so, um, I, I have, I have to talk about, um, the, the, in fact, let's firstly, Hyperloop Italia, right, founded in 2020 when a guy who we've already mentioned called Bebop Gresta, um, probably did some, <laughs> uh, legally, what I'm about to say is How humorous conjecture, white uh, and some animes. sort of uh, shenanigans with his staff, um, uh, probably i don't know he lived he was he was he's an annoying prick so the quite un, non-nefarious reasons could have been why he split off uh this thing doesn't exist it's not it's not again it's just a website but we have to talk about the guy bebop grester next slide please um he looks kind of kind of like a, is this actually him yes this is actually oh my him god i thought this was <laughs> like stock it's like, image for like italian dipshit nope it's this like is if bebop you, grester. Took, you took richard hammond and stretched him yeah. Oh, I was thinking just if I was thinking if you rocket fired a kilo of cocaine into Ed Norton. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bebop Gresta. I, I've met this guy in person. Mm. Uh, he's a prick. Oh. Uh, he wore a very large scarf. Not that I necessarily hold that against people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, brief story. I once went to, um, I once drove to Milton Keynes because I couldn't get down on a train in time. I drove to Milton Keynes and on my way to Milton Keynes, by the way, for a Hyperloop conference that I intended to ask, uh, I was the only person asking searching questions there. So I'm glad I went. On the way to this event, um, I was sideswiped by an HGV on a roundabout. The story sounds like something I made up. 
Roz, you made this up in a TF episode as a joke thing about a stupid place and a daft thing happening and on an episode about Hyperloop. And I was like, Roz, I haven't told you about this story. Why are you regaling did, a precise thing that. that happened to me? It was horrible. Thankfully, I was in the smart car. mind meld when yes. we were when we oh, were going no. down the stairs at Two Liberty Place. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> we did spend a lot of time with each other uh, running down the stairs of a literal skyscraper. Um, uh, it's fine. We'd had a lot of alcohol and everything was good. Um, so uh, yeah, this guy. So hyper. So uh, thankfully, I was in the smart car and I literally bounced to safety as this HGV hit me and it just knocked the wing mirror off of the poor smart. So fuck you, HGV driver. Mm. Uh, I love that car. Um, anyway, uh, thankfully, it survived to live uh, until we got rid of it and got a panda instead. That's a different story though. Bebon Gresta. So here he is. Let's go to the next slide because. We have oh, to talk boy. about the Hyperloop guys. This is just me doing a Google search of Bebop Gresta, and this is why Hyperloop exists. This is another reason why Hyperloop exists, which is to make this kind of guy mm. have a book and be able to talk at the World Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I hate this guy, and he was so I asked him several searching questions to which he had no responses, obviously because there's nothing in his head. Um, the thing is, uh, my Gareth, searching questions like were the, 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 aff- the most affable guest that we regularly have, like all around lovely man, and yet you are legit beefing with this guy, which is such an indictment <laughs> of him. I'm, I'm interested uh, in the Hyperloop book because, like, what is it? What does it say? It's like page one. It didn't work. <laughs> What, yeah, what I, I don't know what, about you know GoFundMe scams. I learned honestly. I don't know how you could write. I'm 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 currently writing a book spoiler alert um, about a legitimate thing, and it's very hard to write multiple tens of thousands of words. Mm. Um, ri- writing a book about a thing that literally doesn't exist, uh, genuinely impressive. Except that he probably got someone to ghostwrite his book about made up stuff. So wonderful. Um, anyway, so I just the, the Google search of him just shows all these. Pr- What's funny is do you know the picture in the previous slide. That's the picture on his website. Oh no! He actively has decided to put that picture on his. Oh my god! Anyway, he's, he's got he's got bebop.com. Oh, bebop.com. Oh, he's got a yeah, second. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, to the okay. Patreon so we can get bebop.com. Uh. Anyway, I figured the pictures, the Google search of his picture, isn't just because I have personal beef with him, but it's because I think it sums up how much of a uh, flim flam Hyperloop is quite mm. nicely. This sort of modern day Lyle Landley. Are we done with this guy? Uh, we're done with him. Let's get rid of him. Let's take him off our screens. All right, see you, space cowboy. <laughs> 2015 we're talking about gen- logoless genesis hyperloop right. 2015 founded in the usa no real updates ever it didn't have a website and it's gone now oh uh, i like you this watch, company there's a like lot. there's like a, a like a, a boutique there's like a an actual hyperloop working in someone's backyard the guy <laughs> just he, they only have a phone number it's like a low bar on, on uh, yeah. where they only have facebook pages yeah. <laughs> it works like sort of software development where some guy has built a functional hyperloop system just for his own amusement it works and he's the only one who knows about it or uses it and it's called like ron's hyperloop and hyperloop is misspelled <laughs> and this one actually works somehow yeah, 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 yeah. exactly the guy uh, runs a so towing okay, company on the side <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he runs some of the last stretch limos in the in the US. Right, um, uh, next company, please. Uh, oh, this one might be familiar These to people. Motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. These pricks. Who, who got bored, did too much ketamine, allegedly, and then bought a bunch of airsoft gun shells. Uh, and like It's like a star CS something airsoft gun body. Put a little tiny bullshit flamethrower in it and sold those to the most soy-faced people imaginable. 
Incredible. So what's funny about this is that it was Boring Company was founded in 2017, based in the USA, and in relation to its Hyperloop activities, its last real update was somehow in August 2013, because the Boring Company is is one of Musk's weird things that he created. Um, or I, I don't know. I don't actually know what the origin of the Boring Company is. Is it actually a spin-off from SpaceX and Tesla, or is this something else he just it was, faked? It was and, a and spin-off from SpaceX because he thought yep. maybe I can dig a tunnel under the property so I can get to work slightly more quickly. That's the one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So not a single thing this company has done uh, uh, at all. Uh, is, is basically, they've done nothing. The Boring Company has done nothing in terms of Hyperloop, of course. Uh, we're ignoring the flamethrowers, and we're also ignoring the buried queue of Teslas I don't in believe, Las Vegas. I don't believe they've done anything substantial with increasing the speed of tunnel boring, which is supposed to be their big yeah. white whale. That was their big thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, keep in mind, it's not a flamethrower if it doesn't throw the flame, which requires napalm. Um, oh, yeah. so it's just a flame. It's just a, it's just a, a Bunsen burner on a stick. Oh, okay. It's a sideways <laughs> Bunsen burner. Yeah, yeah. okay, understood. Um, yeah, and, and I think, oh, actually, you've usefully um, nicked my next slide as well, which is good, because um, the background, to the, the, the person who's done a lot of good digging on the background to this and really dug into the specifics of not just like us being conspiratorial and saying, ha, 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 Elon Musk did this to undermine California high speed rail, but no. Paris Marx, they've Paris written Marks, yes. a superb, um, you know, just you know, all around fantastic uh, person to follow and, and 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 keep up with in terms of tech stuff. But uh, Paris has written a really good blog digging into the detail of exactly what Musk was thinking when coming up with the stupid idea and why it was. So uh, send send everyone over to to, to disconnect and Paris Marx's blog. Yeah. They've they've written a really good piece. Blog, on this one. the podcast. We should have him on the show sometime. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're 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 um. Actually, likewise, Rail Narrow should have had Paris on. Sorry, Paris, we'll okay. we'll pest you some point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and th- your listeners, you'll be thankful that I'm now going to shut up. Okay, this is back to my own original part of the podcast, uh, rather than well, cribbing from well, Garrett. There's your rail problem, NASA. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's <calm Yeah>. together. <laughs> uh, we do have to ask. Okay, we we've discussed the hyperloop is a grift. All the companies are failing. It's really funny. Is there something that is a contrast to this where people are actually developing new technology in like a methodical, practical, serious way. Well, um, you can make it look way more like a shoe, apparently. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think the, the contrast here would be the Chuo Shinkansen in Japan, right? Which it's, I know, I know Gareth has some criticisms of this thing, um, which we'll get to I in do. a second. Uh, but this is this is a superconducting maglev train that can go 300 and whatever miles an hour. Um, they've done literally 50 years of research and development to make this thing work. Extensive testing on full-scale test tracks. It's finally partially under construction, except for a weird bit in the middle where there's some NIMBY issues. Um, you know, it, 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 this is sort of an extremely expensive, extremely risky project that requires actual massive investment in horizontal construction. This is not the guys in the shed sort of situation that Hyperloop companies are or aspire to be. You know, if you're actually like, okay, we're going to build something that surpasses conventional rail, you're going to put some time into it and you're going to put a lot of money into it. And even this thing has problems. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the good thing about this, Roger, you're absolutely right. This is kind of what 
this in, it, pra- like practically Hyperloop might look like if it was a real thing, if it didn't have all the problems we talked about, because it has all the challenges of its linear infrastructure, its horizontal infrastructure, exactly. And even in this picture, you can see it's on stilts, which means it's had heavy infrastructure work done. Yep. This is a massive civil engineering project. The length of tunnels is spectacular. It's already billions and billions of US dollars over budget. It's a decade plus delayed. Uh, it's likely that it's not going to open until the, the. It's supposed to be opening uh, soon, but it's like I'd be surprised if it is running before the, you know, before the twenty thirties, the mid twenty thirties. Um, it's slipping back. But the reason, even if you know, even if you park all that, it's a big complex infrastructure project. The reason that Japan is progressing with this isn't because they're sick of conventional high speed rail in any way. It's that they've built out their high speed rail system. Like it, they, they've built it out. They've built as much as they kind of can, and so the next thing has to kind of really be a bypass for the high speed rail, and so that's why they've put a punt on maglev. That's that's kind. Of, there, there's some early discussions about this kind of. There's some logic behind this being more earthquake proof than high speed rail as well. But the reality is, I, I don't think that stands up so much because the existing high speed rail has shown itself to be pretty bomb proof from an earthquake perspective. This is just about providing a bypass for the bypass, and um, it goes through mostly just underground. It's it's, it's yeah. one huge, very very expensive tunnel. Yeah, and it's you know the trains are really big. They're really really fast. Um, you know this is uh. It's very, very expensive to build, um, and I, it's also four times more energy consuming than conventional high speed rail wow. per passenger seat. And you got to have like liquid nitrogen cooling on the train what? because it's yeah. superconducting maglev. It's, it's I mean, a cool this, kind of little like prestige yeah. flex though to it do. Is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and I mean, genuinely, given the capacity on the existing high speed rail lines, is a massive and b maxed out you do need something like this yeah um, and the kind of question was do we build another conventional do the tgv thing and put another deck on all of the shinkansen <laughs> yeah. well no. the trouble is this is well, the thing is they can't because all the <laughs> tunnels were built super early in the history of high-speed rail which is why the trains how all the japanese high-speed trains have such stupid looking noses ah. i might have said this in a previous episode if i have hogs shout at me i'm so sorry that was sort of part of the design philosophy is we have smaller windows and it's able to handle the differential pressure more easily they do have yep. some double decker shinkansens but they're phasing them out i think just because oh. they got to put yeah. elevators on them which is you know annoying and also, they run on a low dwell time system as well. Like they run on a system that's almost like metro timetables, but for yeah. high-speed rails. So they don't really have time to load up double-decker trains. It's like hurling um, myself into the train and yeah. then just sort of dealing. Oh, they're beautiful, though. Yeah. I mean, absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the Japanese trains, okay, apart from a couple of duck, ducky duds, the majority of the Japanese high-speed fleet is stunning. It's interesting that this thing isn't as high capacity. The trains are not nearly as high capacity as the um, mainline you know, conventional rail equivalents. They, they don't carry as many people. There's a lot more kit on the train than a conventional high-speed rail train as well. So there are definitely shortcomings. This is a technology that is is has shortcomings compared to conventional high-speed rail. Um, but yeah, as Ross yeah. says, like it was kind of like, well, we're we're kind of playing around on top of an existing, fully saturated, very effective high speed rail system. So what the hell? And there's a couple areas where they may have shot themselves in the foot. Like, um, you know, this thing is uh, because it's superconducting magnets. There's all these intense magnetic fields around it, which means it needs these weird shielded boarding corridors. And like, also, they the may be implementing my credit cards. Yeah, <laughs> there may be like some anymore. kind of extra security about boarding it because everyone loves to have security on trains these days sort of negates Ugh. the whole 
you know the 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 advantage over airports show me the um, shinkansen so, swat team hold on i'm mm-hmm. gonna google this really quickly <laughs> google it or put it into bing ai or whatever yeah it may not even be that much faster than the uh nozami shinkansen to go from tokyo to nagoya it probably won't be really worth it until it gets to uh osaka um yep. you know and that's going to be long time from now but yeah we're talking the 2040s at the earliest like the late 2040s so i've looked this up i've looked this up and i'm gonna save this image for devon so they can phase <laughs> it in uh, i'm gonna put a link you, to it in the in the zencaster chat here so j uh, jr east did uh, a like terrorist attack drill i guess and this is their police unit it is four guys oh all of whom are in just regular like cop uniforms and one of them has my favorite piece of, piece of police equipment in the world, the grabby pole, where have a gra- <laughs> I thought so, so. Initially, I thought that was like a a, a comedy cartoon fishing net. Yeah, no, which would also it's be just, quite funny. This is literally I, I, there's quite a dark history to it because they were, I believe, invented Ooh. in China in order to uh, like restrain and put out people who are setting themselves on fire to protest oh, the, the Chinese government. But yeah, the deal is that you just like if a guy has a knife or something, or he's you know he wants to fight, you just grab him with the pole and pin him against <laughs> something, and then just wait <laughs> until he chills out, or you can get him on the floor, like. <laughs> Uh, dark, yeah. but also kind of funny in a dark way. Um, yeah, but this is you know this is this is what it looks like when you're developing this new kind of high capacity rail technology. When this is finished in twenty years, they'll probably have worked even more of the bugs out. We might have a room temperature superconductor by then, and they can get rid of the liquid nitrogen system. Mm. Who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, exactly. This is uh, if you're actually trying to build something new, this is the level of development you need. Um, yeah. Now, what has resulted from? Hyperloop being the technology of the future, um, even though it didn't work. Um, I mean, it has given an excuse to kill a lot of high-speed rail projects. Yeah, sure. not, not the main excuse, but one of them. <laughs> mm. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yes. I remember watching your original Loop video, which uh, continues to be an inspiration to me, because it's very, very good. And um, yeah, it's, it's even if it hasn't directly stopped or slowed down projects, it's create it's 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 contributed. <laughs> Alice is sending us more pictures of train just, cars. I, 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 I get into the cop hole. It just happens to me. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, we can Dev, do. I'll send you this one. You can flash it up as well. <laughs> um, the like it might not have been a singular reason. But it has contributed. Oh, I'm making myself sad. Think about HS2 again. Oh, it's contributed yeah. to this wider feeling of oh well, maybe you know it's it's it added to you know a bunch along along with like the Green Party of England and Wales and the IEA and TPA and also Rishi Sunak going hi guys, I'm getting a job application for California. Um, <laughs> along with all this well stuff, um, it's much, much in, like your mate Dave. He just wants to work in California. You just know? wants to work. A- in California, everybody wants you know? to get out of the out of Britain and like work in California where the sun. Yeah, and then you realize so, yeah, you're in everything... Bakersfield. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's just punishment for Rishi Sunak. I think we should like install him in Chino. You know, <laughs> are, there, are there a few places I'd West like to install Kavina. Sunak? Yeah, um, uh, on some train tracks might be a good start. Um, uh, in Minecraft parody yeah. uh, redacted, yeah, etc. On those like redstone train tracks. Yeah, on, on some yeah, exactly, Minecraft yeah. tracks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 contributed to this this weird pullback from high speed rail that we've seen. Uh, you know, in the USA, the, the, I, I think it's fair to say Cal uh, California high speed rail has sort of 
been kind of stalling and, and tripping over its shoelaces, even though big sections of it are still being built. And obviously in the UK, we've just, you know, just smashed our face into a brick wall and got rid of all the important parts of HS2. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, even going to go to Houston now, apparently, which, my God. Yeah. Uh, common. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because they're, oh, anyway, that's that, that's another episode, isn't it? That's, but yeah. at some point you'll do the HS2 episode and you'll find, and, and if I'm still alive, um, and, be about, and, and we can we can go there. That one will be about for the 25 hours long. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll start recording it in the anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. that that's one we have to do as a live episode, I think, and then that way that'll keep us a yeah. keep us a hard hard and fast. You guys do not go anywhere. Come come to London. We'll do an HSQ exactly. episode with yeah. Gareth live. Oh yeah, that'd that's be fun. It. It's a threat. Yeah, we could stress live some space from the, is on notice. You know, yeah. live from the <laughs> yeah. National Railway Museum. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh shit, we could that's, go there. That, I mean, that mean. would actually be an awesome. Idea. We should maybe take this one offline. That's a very yeah. good idea. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hogs, you're on notice for that one. Anyway, broadcasting right, so- from the cab of the mallard. What's <laughs> 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 yes. preferred oh Duchess God. of Hamilton, to be honest? It's my Ooh, little heresy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I prefer the Q the, the the Q1 actually because I'm a, a a maniac and I like ugly things. But uh, anyway, yeah. that's another story. Yeah. Explains so, why you keep coming on the podcast. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is this is a, a a situation where you know it's another one of those miracle technologies that's just around the corner that maybe if we just wait for it to show up, we can not invest all the money. You know, it's up the hyperloop yeah. is up there with like carbon capture and storage mm. and like um uh. Driverless cars, driverless yeah. cars yeah. through yeah. generative oh, artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, battery freight locomotives, room temperature <laughs> um, superconductor, room temperature superconductors. Nuclear we got fusion, close a couple of times. Nuclear yeah. fusion. Yeah, so nuclear fusion might be. Will, yeah, whichever one of these along actually pops right now. off is yeah. we will sound like idiots on, but like yeah. all of the rest of them are just like Let, Let's, let's uh, list all technologies right now and see uh, which ones hammer. we cancelled. Uh, hammer. Screwdriver. Not real. Not real. Head. Woke. Uh, Woke. Woke. Yeah. <laughs> There's that machine that cuts plastic in fun shapes. Ooh. 3D printing. Laser cutter. Yeah, yeah that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. The laser cutter, it's taking investment away from people with scissors. Yeah, it's 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 oh, I love a scissor. Yeah, yeah. Can't be done. Electric screwdriver. <laughs> Uh, the the, the <laughs> Makita battery powered coffee machine that James yeah. Hoffman did a video on. Oh man! Uh, yes, uh, like the guy, really, really sexy voice. Yeah. So, um, but you know, we still keep throwing money at this. Uh, here's another one I stole from Gareth. Hooray! Yeah, I totted, totted up the just from what I could find. I totted up how much money the EU has given Hyperloop shit, uh, and that's fifty four million euros. Yeah, pocket change. You know, it's loses that down the back of the sofa. I will uh, say, yeah, uh, that you know, we we we're also still trying to fund it in the United States. Um, according to News Five, ABC News Five in Cleveland, um, they're still trying to do the Hyperloop Transportation Technologies test track in, uh, like, Cleveland. Okay. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. they're not though, are they? It's just the same journalists repeating the same credulous bullshit. Yeah. Look. Oh wait, this is January thirty first, twenty twenty three. Excuse me, I forgot that the year changed. Oh. Uh, uh. Also, that it's not Incredible. January thirty first yet. Incredible! Oh, it yeah. could have been. Um, it might be when this goes out. Yeah, um, yeah just <clears throat> baffling. And this is one of the things that's incumbent on us, right? If we get, and I don't know, we're going to get to the point of what what have we learned here? One of the things that is incumbent on us is if we can, particularly for local journalists who are writing about this shit, kind of reach out to them and and say, do you want a diff- Do you want some more content to put into your content farm? Um, why don't you have a conversation with me, and I'll explain why this doesn't work. 
Um, mm. and, and that's kind of what I did. And it, it has, so I have converted the whole BBC tech team into anti Hyperloop people through partly through Rory Kethlan Jones actually being quite a good tech journalist and seeing through this bullshit immediately, and partly through me being very annoying on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I got to drop off. All right. No, okay. we did uh, almost. We lost Sorry, Liam. No worries. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. We love you. Yeah. Love you too. Bye, Bye, Liam. Bye. Bye. Oh, we I I so out time pressure. Yeah, <laughs> we were so close. We were so close. Anyway, right? Yeah, if you can find a find yourself a pet journalist and convert them against Hyperloop, that's my call to <laughs> yeah, call put, to put everyone. A, put a collar on a journalist. You know, yeah, <laughs> like a train a journalist. And I guess another question is: Does this vac train technology have a future? You and I disagree on this, Ross, because you yeah. kind of think maybe in the distant future it like, does. Yeah, don't you? distant future, hundred years from now, I think you know eventually. Okay, you're going to build a ten thousand mile an hour transatlantic tunnel. You, it's just the logical the tr- thing to do. Long the time is we from don't now. have enough materials on this planet to do that. That's we'll have the to problem. do some like asteroid mining or something. Yeah, yeah we, we have to do astro- We have to get asteroid mining down. There's a load of large, of increasingly large dominoes required before we get to this point. Yeah, yeah, but you do it at some point, I think. But you know, We're doing all just... of that shit. Why do we want to get around Earth that fast? And also, why wouldn't we just be doing like suborbital bullshit? You know, I yeah, sounds I think, so miserable. Mm. My my inclination is that for those longer distances, you're still from a resource perspective and an energy perspective going to just you're going to end up creating kind of um uh artificial fuels for kind of regular ass jet aircraft oh yeah that's, that's the other thing you wind up thing like that, biofuels oh, and stuff yeah, like that that's, that's yeah. another huge like technology like money pit is synthetic fuels it is yeah. and it is large amounts of bullshit but i reckon it's closer as to reality that we do it's, that much than, much than like than the room this. temperature superconductor it's one of those things where it's almost all bullshit but if someone does it we can just kind of dust our hands and figure out all the things we fucked up doesn't matter solved them lost it easy um, <laughs> I, I think yeah if you if you figure out like something like if you figure out like fusion power and then you can mm. you know you you, you you develop processes that just use a shitload of energy but can otherwise extract like iron from dirt or whatever you know maybe you can make this work but that's mm-hmm. a long time from now we're, we're talking distant future not immediate future at I suppose part of the and this people challenge me on like when I say very strongly and assertive that the driverless cars <laughs> will never exist, mm. they, they say, "Well, the technology is leap, moving on in leaps and bounds, and it sure will." And I go, "Yeah, but have you noticed like there's a bigger world out there?" My, I, I suppose I, I think the way that our civilization exists and functions is going to change so radically by the end of this century that we're just not going to be thinking about this stuff for a couple yeah, of centuries like, afterwards. Not even to be a pessimist about it, but well, if you wanted to be a pessimist about it, you could be like, this is like a Mayan guy uh, in sort of like 1500 being like, listen, our calendar technology is getting better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure, but like it, that doesn't really make us more resilient against the sort of existential threats that might make it irrelevant. I don't know. The, Maya, the Mayans are... Mayans are more resilient than the Aztecs and the Incans. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They're still yeah, around. Oh yeah, for sure. The um, like the the, the the so yeah, you get to the point where where like even if you don't go full pessimist, we're gonna have to spend so we're gonna have to pay so much attention to resource management. You know, um, that that this stuff is gonna we're gonna be kicking this novel technology stuff way back into the long grass. Mm. Um, uh, also, yeah. it requires a huge amount of investment, which. There's a lot of money flying around, but like it in a very sort of undirected way, yeah, and yes. fundamentally like wasteful way. And what I'm saying at this point is, of course, to bring back an old favorite, climate Stalin. Um, hey, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, if you reorient, if you reorient the economy, so there's not one lever that's instant in, uh, interest late rates, <laughs> you yeah. might, uh, you, you might have more useful investment of money into infrastructure, Climate but we don't Stalin. have that. Yeah. So, uh, you Climate know, Climate Stalin. I don't know why I said it like that. Climate but, uh, Stalin. Climate Stalin. Climate Stalin. What if it was climate Trotsky? Uh, interesting, but then it gets ice picked in the back of the head by the climate. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't think that would work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, this is not technology that you should be necessarily pursuing now, particularly not in the form of Hyperloop. Build regular high speed rail, and we're gonna have you know airliners for a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, they remain. Frankly, they remain for long distance flights. They, they, they. You know, they, don't get me wrong. They're carbon horrific. But they remain the most resource efficient way of moving those long distances because the carbon that you'd need to invest, you know, the carbon emissions from building across the Atlantic Tunnel, if you ignore the fact there's not enough steel, put me to on do a so, sailing ship. Huge. I don't care if it takes three weeks. Like just <laughs> nuclear it. shipping. Nuclear, yeah, nuclear shipping is uh, a big one. Savannah icebreaker. back out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I believe the Chinese are working on a uh, nuclear container ship right now. Mm. Yeah. Genuinely based. Yes. Mm. But, uh, you know, We'd like to see some more conventional high-speed rail. Then you can worry about very, very fast trains that go arbitrary distances at arbitrary speeds. Mm. But for the for the most yes. part, this has just been yeah. a, a large amount of kind of like bullshit that has sunk money and time into yes. it. Yes, attention. Yes, another yep. crucial resource of which we have Absolutely. stolen almost three hours of yours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what Made did... Liam late for a, an evening date. You know, mm. just what did we learn? Don't I guess we learn not to do it again. Like yeah. don't drive to Milton Keynes. Yeah. Don't drive to Milton Keynes. Exercise exercise, exercise some control of your finances, European Union. Uh <laughs> God damn. Yeah. So, so send a guy out there to look at the pipe because however much Imp- even if you like fly him out first class, it's gonna uh, like cost less money for him to go out there, <laughs> look at the pipe, be like, this is bullshit, pay him a living wage and a, like an executive level salary to write a report saying the pipe is bullshit and then you don't give them the money, then you just gave them without doing any of that. I mean, you are literally right. The, 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 the theme there is employ better government advisors. Yeah. You, yeah, universal like... bureaucratic income. Eventually, everyone will work for the EU um, uh, at some level, <laughs> and we will go around inspecting each other, and everything's going to be fine. You know? yeah, you gotta That's move, what we'll do after move, the room temperature superconductor. Move engineering in-house. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Be more like Japan, but not in any of the bad ways. Put me out of work. Insource all engineering functions. Seriously. <laughs> um, be like Ch- Japan. Chinatown Build buses. a weird gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> build, build the Port Authority bus terminal and pave the earth. Yes. Uh, be like Dave and move to California yeah. to work on high-speed rail. Yeah. Don't move to Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Hello, Liam, Roz, Alice, and guest. Bzzzt. Uh, no, Liam. Liam is gone. Slightly yeah, wrong. Lost Liam. We're wrong lost in an Liam. unexpected way. Yeah. yeah. This story occurred while I worked for a retail printing company that was shortly thereafter acquired and is today a national retail chain of printing and shipping offices. Image attached. Okay. Nobody has a printer anymore. <laughs> yeah. I used to work in a print shop, and yes, exactly. Mm. 
As it is with many companies, shortly before they are gobbled up, the best days were in the rearview mirror. Staffing was inadequate. Training was haphazard. Safety was truly an afterthought, and equipment was put to the limits of its usefulness rather than being maintained and repaired when damaged. Uh-huh. You know, I used to work for an engineering office that did not have its own plotter. I had to walk down the street to the printing office to get everything printed. It was a fucking hassle, especially since AutoCAD never gets the print right the first time. No, it really never does. Yeah. It always ends up, oh, fucking hell. No. Well, my, That's why I use MicroStation. Even MicroStation can't get it right. Well, I got my, annoyed once when, uh, it, when um, my... My my, so I worked for Atkins, and they had a machine that folded drawings for me. Which which, if you're a track engineer, is very useful because our drawings are fucking way too long. Right. Um, like I moved to another company, and they didn't have it. You had to fold your own drawings like an animal. Shocking. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. The problem the problem when you you work at a a small, tiny little engineering firm that does not have its own plotter is that if you screw up if you screw up the print, um and you bring it back and you look at it, then not only not only are you mad at AutoCAD, but then your boss is mad at you for wasting money. It's like, no, it's the software. It's the software does this. It's yeah. totally unpredictable. <laughs> I have a job code for that, you know. Yeah. Fucked drawings. Fucked yeah. drawings. It's nobody's fault except AutoCADs. They should pay <laughs> us to use that software. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. At our site, we had a large number of 1990s era rolling cabinets between six and 10 feet long. Ooh, those are so dangerous. And the most notable (laughs) feature of these as fit their age was the doors. They were failing. The cabinet located right next to our drill press had one door fully removed. It was not repaired, replaced, or discarded as those involved doing something. Capital D, capital S. Everybody's job and nobody does it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead, it was simply leaned against the side with jagged, torn metal hinges sticking straight out. Cool. I mentioned the lack of maintenance. This was a common issue under the longtime shop manager, the boss. Fortuitous naming, though. Yeah. To be it's fair to the guy. Determinism. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair to the guy, I learned more from the boss about dealing with the public, customer service, and how to work quickly and efficiently under pressure than anyone else in my life. But to paraphrase Walt Whitman, the boss was large and contained multitudes. Mm. Uh oh. First, we don't the, like multitudes. <laughs> Down with multitudes. First, the boss was right about everything and refused to accept he was mistaken about anything. Yeah, you this can any, a, any kind of like management tyranny position that allows you to do that. Yes, this was a problem given that he was a real weirdo. He once brought oh, up. Well, no, let's not start throwing stones here. <laughs> He once brought up in casual conversation that not only was the moon landing fake, it was impossible due to radiation from the Van Allen belt. Oh, dear. What followed was an hour-long shouting argument between us, after which we didn't speak for a week. That's really funny. You just go in the print shop with your like AutoCAD drawing to get your AutoCAD uh, thing printed, and it's two guys yelling at each other, but you don't know shit about the fucking Van Allen belt. Honestly, honestly, from the times I went into that print shop in Media, Pennsylvania, um, they had nothing else to do most of the time. I, 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 I imagine it, it must have happened more often than you would think. In Media, Pennsylvania, uh, Lassen for in the middle of Pennsylvania. Yes. It's not in the middle of Pennsylvania. It's in Southeast Pennsylvania. Fuck. <laughs> Bollocks. 
maybe, maybe maybe it was in the middle at one point it's, it's like in media pennsylvania but like in the same way as in media race you know you're yes. like you walk in on the van allen belt thing yeah <laughs> the boss believed that allergies and asthma were fake and mocked sufferers of both okay it was okay. also asthma like, yeah asthma, asthma is fake pro- uh-huh. He was also certain right. that the cigarettes he smoked openly on the production floor were good for him. They finally invented it. They invented yeah. it, yeah. yeah. The boss was also ex-army and fond of things like bypassing yeah, okay, safety all features. Of this, all of this tracks now, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bypassing safety features on equipment like laminators or printers and working through being tired, sick, or injured. Which brings us to the incident. Uh, we got to get out of this culturally, you know. Don't fucking karoshi yourself. It is. It's better for everyone, including like you and the productivity of the organization, for you to take the time off when you're sick. Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I mentioned the drill press. For those not in printing, a print shop uses a drill press to drill holes in documents. Most commonly, this is three holes for inserting into a binder. But there are less common but still used other arrangements. I was changing out the bits for the drill press when I fumbled one and it fell into the dark space between the press, the nearby cabinet, and a broken door which jutted out a sharp bent metal hinge on which, while reaching for the drill bit, I proceeded to tear a sharp six inch plus long gash into my forearm. Oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I yelped and I said, I gotta go. I immediately ran to our first aid kit Realized quickly a couple gauze pads were not going to cut it, and I needed medical attention. Yeah, that's going to be a, like a, yeah. a suturing situation. Yeah. The boss had other ideas and proceeded to explain loudly on the production floor, in earshot of customers and coworkers, that one, I was being a pussy, I guess, by bleeding so much. Uh huh. I mean, I suppose that might be accurate well, in a certain yeah, way. Well, but, uh... well, well, were he being a pussy? Like, yeah. uh, we, we, we can't know. Yeah. Two, I would be fine if I went outside and, quote, rub some dirt on it. Motion. Do that. That's Motion. not how that works. Yeah, I was about tetanus, to say, you know? probably, probably yeah. avoid, avoid tetanus. Three, those prints I were working on were not going to drill themselves. I let him say his piece and <laughs> told him asshole. I was going. <laughs> I let him say his piece and I told him I was going to a clinic, drove 20 minutes to the company approved medical office, and several dozen or so stitches later, I was good as new. Youch. I wish I could. That's a bad cut if you needed that many stitches. That's a lot of stitches, yeah. Crikey. I wish I could say the store had a renewed focus on safety, but later that year, another co worker almost strangled himself by getting his tie caught in the roll laminator, which had its safety guard bypassed with a ballpoint pen. Oh, God. Don't laminate your co worker. Because it was easier to change the roll that way. Hmm. The boss left a year or two later due to differences in management philosophy with our new owners. The boss did whatever the fuck he wanted when he wanted to. Uh, he I mean, in- sort of look well on my stripes. There'll be no more after me sort of moment here. We, yeah, a bygone age um, <laughs> of, of American management tyranny. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, sort of a uh, uh, management Ronin. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Like we've we've done the sword hunt, and now the management samurai are bureaucrats. He opened an independent copy shop six months later, stole half the major customers, and then went out of business after a year. I am saluting right now. <laughs> he really did yes. become a Ronin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And did a murder-suicide pact. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks to you guys for the great content and to all listeners. Printing is still good. Trees will be here forever. Trash isn't real. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That was Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Our next episode will be on Chernobyl. Does anyone have commercials before we go? It's called Rail Natter, and you can find it on YouTube. It's really good. I've been on it. We we have. I've been on it too. And we you, you, we presented half of an episode of it today. Yeah. But the other yeah. half is Gareth's. <laughs> yeah. So you if you've enjoyed this episode, you've already half enjoyed Railnatter. So go yeah. and exactly. finish the other exactly. half. Round up. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you gotta go to you gotta go to yeah. Railnatter on YouTube. And only half the episodes are easy to find because some of them are live streams. Then you gotta go on the channel and look. Oh, it's very irritating. Yeah, I yeah, know. I'm so sorry, everyone. And most of them are live streams, so it's actually really hard. It's very difficult to find the podcast. Um uh, it's, it's uh, not I your fault. I wouldn't it's recommend you avoid fault. it. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Um, no, Alice was on and made me buy this watch that I'm wearing right now. Oh, the Monday. Which is a nice Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh. yeah I think I've told you that before. It was a fun episode. We talked about watches and time. It was fab. That was ages ago now. Yeah, I've, actually, done, I've done bloody 202 of those as of tonight. Amazing. 202 episodes. Every single week I've done an episode since I started it. Insane. Mm. Oh, what an idiot. Actually, um, I finally got my mundane back. Um, because oh. uh, this thing—it's the one train yeah. watch, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, we all have mundane watches now. Because <laughs> they're very nice watches. Yeah, they are nice. Like ball engineer or train master. Yeah. Yet, right. um, yet. Subscribe to <laughs> subscribe Patreon. To our, the Patreon. Subscribe to <laughs> Gareth's the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, uh, no, uh, yeah. Railroad, Enough I, people I, subscribe I, to the Patreon. We can all buy nicer watches and then build HS two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. If we could, we we do need to. I mean, we said this last time, didn't we? We do need to. Um. We do need to get the Patreon on. Just buy. Just like Gorilla buy. Uh, Gorilla build HS two. No. I, I. I have. I have plugs which are. Um. Uh, listen to uh, Kill James Bond oh, uh, and Trash you. Future, but Kill James Bond in particular because oh my god, I'm I know. So you got I have a thing I told myself when I was shopping in Sainsbury's that if I was going to appear on an episode, I would tell you, which is um uh, that I'm loving your Eurospy uh, stuff, even though you guys are getting sick of doing them. Mm. They are so fun to listen to. They are honestly such good. It's so much fun. Well, thank you so um, much. So uh, everyone should listen to Kill James Bond. It's brilliant. Um, it's get, getting me through as I as I I, I have it as my like uh, weekly shop listening. So oh, I go around so Sainsbury's with my nice earphones and I listen to that. It's lovely. Oh. I had a, I had a I had a funny from the Zardoz episode. I thought of, and mm. I forgotten what it was. Oh, that episode yeah. is so. I mean, also it, that film. I just did not expect what ended up. I didn't expect it to become good. Yeah, I was like, no, this is going to be funny crap, and it was ended up being like a seriously profoundly interesting sounding film. Yeah, that um, was a good really episode. Was. Yeah, thank you, thank uh, yeah. you. I'm I'm liking this sort of uh, new ending of the show. Where we just praise me for ten minutes. This is, this, this is the, the mutual admiration <laughs> hey, society. Thank you. Yeah, so do both of you. You know. So, and also, Liam's not here. Liam, uh, you're not here, and you probably won't listen to this because we're three hours in. But um, I, I love you so much. Oh, you look so beautiful at your wedding. It was lovely, uh, Liam. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, so there we go. So there's some Liam love that Liam won't listen to, um, uh, because he's. Uh, it's not gonna listen to three hours of episode because uh, who 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 listens to the podcasts that they record themselves oh, oh. not me i i oh, start listen, like i start are. listening back and i start realizing when i've the glossal stops have slipped back into my accent oh. uh, <laughs> the, we did the kjb episode on the spy and the green hat and i developed a new complex about the way in which i say hat when i'm uh, not thinking about it which is just hat 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 the hat the, hat, the spy in the green hat, hat yeah I, I, the glow stops quite. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit South London. Yeah, here's the thing. South London. Here, yeah, here's the thing to think about this episode though. 
Although it took three hours, we got through slides at twice the rate we usually do. Incredible. Gareth, yeah. you are some kind of catalyst <laughs> for this. The, the rail nat away is 400 slides <laughs> in 40 minutes. Flank speed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we sh- I, I, I'll stop saying things. Um, I love you all. I love coming yeah. on. Uh, listeners, I love you all too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a happy mood. I'm also very sleep deprived because of baby reasons. Oh, yeah. I have a child. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, what we should say is, well, that was a podcast. It was. Thanks for coming. Yes. Uh, bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye.